How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Digest Productions podcast, episode number 181. I'm your host, Josh, or Jay Moskers. Joined this week by special guest, John, host of the Retro Movies and Metal podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Josh. Appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you stopping by. Happy to have you here. Excited, excited to chat. Um, why don't you tell people a little bit about your show, what you do over there? Um, well, my show is essentially a nostalgia show. I mean, you know, um, uh, doing a podcast is like, you know, the mediocre, mediocre white guy thing to do nowadays. In fact, I think there's a New York Times article about, you know, what to do if your, you know, boyfriend's a podcast bro, you know, <laughs> it seems like we're all doing podcasts. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just had a buddy of mine I've known since I was 16. I'm 40 years old now. Um, but you know, we just always had a good time talking and one day we're like, we should do a podcast. Like, you know, pretty much everyone does, you know? And so we just decided to do it. You know, we had minimal equipment and, you know, you know, microphones are pretty inexpensive these days. You can get one for under 50 bucks that sound pretty decent. And, um, we both share our love of nostalgia and like, yeah, like I said, you know, nostalgia is a pretty powerful thing and thought something that others our age and maybe people under under our age might you know want to take a deep dive on a lot of these things that we hold so dear nice yeah you uh you mentioned like everyone doing a podcast we've brought this up on the, the show here a number of times about how like i treated that more as a joke at first and i was aware that like a lot of people did podcasts um and then i i, I got to the point where i was like meeting with people in my personal life where it's like cousins being like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing a podcast about like our local college football team. I'm like, oh, OK, OK. And I have like an aunt show up like, yeah, are you know, the university we work at is doing a podcast now. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm like, oh, OK. It's like, <laughs> yeah. The reality is like creeping in on me like, oh, God, they were right. Everyone's yeah, well, doing a podcast now. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like it's a very accessible medium. I mean, if you got a MacBook or even a you know any any kind of laptop, you know the recording software yeah. out there is free. If you got mm-hmm. if you can speak, you know, in a semi coherent way and have fun along the way, I mean, why not do it? Yeah. You know, I hate when it comes to this entitlement or the projection of entitlement. Like you know, mm-hmm. like I said, the New York Times article about oh, you think everyone wants to hear what you have to say? I'm like, well, no, obviously <laughs> no one does. You know. Not everyone does. It's just more, you know, I got something to talk about. If people want to hear, then mm-hmm. they want to hear, you know? Yeah, it was like for when we started, it was more just we hang out, play games all the time together. And we're always chatting. Why not just record it and upload it? It takes almost no extra effort, which was a thought process at the, at the time. Uh, right. Obviously, <laughs> it was wildly incorrect. Right. I had to do so much extra work, especially in the early days of fixing so many editing problems back when our recording setup was abysmal. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I still have not checked. Uh, uh, cha- well, you know, I started in my garage where the acoustics are terrible. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of moved it down to my basement and, you know, I didn't kind of set anything up. And then JCPenney wasn't having a sale on these, da- you know, sound dampening curtains. Like, like it was a golden going out of business sale. And I was like, ooh, grab them, woman, you know. And so my wife grabbed them and kind of set up a little studio. I don't know. How, how does it sound? Do I, does it sound acoustical in here or sounds, do I have an echo? Good. Yeah. You know, All right, right good. on. I, you mentioned JCPenney. That, that was a throwback on its own. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the one in my town just closed, Yeah, you know, I want to say a year ago or something. Oh, really? Oh, for yeah. some reason, I thought they went out of business eight like years ago. Because I remember going to one a lot as a kid at like our local mall. And uh, yeah, it's that's, I mean, to be fair, our mall was getting kind of run down 
as far as like number of businesses in it for a while. So maybe ours just closed early. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of how JCP JCPenney was. Uh, and it's like Kmart too. It's like you heard Kmart mm-hmm. closing, uh, you know, five years before your local Kmart kind of, you know, finally closed yeah. its stores. <laughs> but, and, uh, was it Sears was the other one we had. And they all moved up around here. Yeah, we had a couple of Sears, you know, Sears Appliance, all that kind of shit. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, I think, I don't know if they're, you know, all corporate owned or whatever it is, but yeah, eventually your local store is going down. But, you know, they kind of have those last legs for the last couple of years mm-hmm. to try and liquidate all their all their uh, inventory. It's like that last blockbuster up in like Washington State or something. I forget where it's at. Yeah, I think it was Alaska. Yeah, Alaska. <laughs> I think so. Left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's funny, you know, and speaking of Blockbuster, you know, we, 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 we've talked about it a few times on my podcast and, you know, the, the Blockbuster's kind of closing was kind of a cultural touchstone, mm-hmm. you know, everyone grew up with Blockbuster. I don't know. You know, there's various ones throughout the, you know, regional right. ones throughout the country. You know, we had Hollywood video around me. Those right. were the two main ones. And then we had, you know, the little mom and pop shops and those video stores were mm-hmm. awesome. You know, it's like it was this is before DVDs. It was all VHS, you know, the you know, the paper sleeves on all of them. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, it, it's, it has that just breed of nostalgia that we kind of want to recapture with our podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember going to Blockbuster all the time as a kid. We go in there browse, just just to see all the movies that were there. Like I, we'd never we'd get one uh, like one movie at a time, obviously. And then. We don't like a, we could return it, but we wouldn't get a movie every time we were there. And I just remember like every couple of weeks, like, oh, we're getting another movie to watch. This is so cool. And I just walk around all the aisles, seeing everything that was there. And it was, yeah, it was a fun experience. Yeah, exactly. It was an experience. You know, fun fact about me, I actually uh, was a part of a crew that was dismantling a lot of blockbusters around my area. There was like mm-hmm. seven or eight of them. You know, we just went and, you know, rifled through all their old dvds and i've still got maybe mm-hmm. 30 of them that i still haven't watched like you know terminator 3 and uh right. constantine and 310 to yuma all that stuff from like the late early or mid to late 2000s you know it's it's funny it's mm-hmm. you know it's a little bit of a time warp for me it's it is weird seeing like how it's changed because i mean we went from that to netflix when netflix was like the paper slash plastic sleeves that they mailed to you right yeah and, we get, I think we got like two at a time or something, and then we'd mail them back. Like we'd watch one of them. If it was like a show, you get like two episodes on a disc, maybe or something. I forget. And yeah, uh, yeah three or four yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, you'd you'd watch those, send the first one back while watching the second one. That way, by the time you got through the next batch of episodes, the other disc would arrive, and we just rotate through it. Yeah, and it's funny. I, I you know I don't. I was a subscription to Netflix. I had this subscription to Netflix with the sleeves and everything, but I don't think I remember ever getting the shows. And man, it would be such an utter disappointment if I was like in the middle of The Sopranos or something, and you yeah. know I, I had to wait for season four for four weeks, and I just got done with season three. <laughs> you know that would be yeah. that would not yeah, be I, good. I, yeah, it was it was different. And now we have like current day Netflix, which I don't really watch anything on it. My girlfriend still has a subscription for some reason. Like, yeah, it's, it's just a scrolling simulator at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got so many streaming services now that, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just, yeah, it's an endless scroll. And I did yeah. have Netflix, at you know, when they first started their streaming service. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was something where you had to sign on to your computer, then kind of sync it to your Netflix account on your, uh, I think it was through Xbox when I first did it, like Xbox mm-hmm. 360. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, it was just a, this constant back and forth between your computer 
and your and your whatever device that you had but they had such shit movies on it at the beginning i i, I want to say it was like 2008 2009 or something where i was calling my buddy where my computer was already uh you know being occupied or something mm-hmm. and i'm like all right well we'll sign on i give them all my login credentials i'm like all right so we'll sign on here and then you know it, it was just this big back and forth to try and get it get that shit to work mm-hmm. and then and then you finally get it to work and you've got all these like turner classic movies you know all these homework <laughs> movies you know where like yeah that's probably a good movie but i don't really feel like watching it now i, I want to say the first thing i ever watched on netflix when it started streaming was airheads you know that movie airheads that sounds super familiar i'm sure it's, i've seen it yeah, it's like a this little local metal band that was Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler and Steve Buscemi. Oh, okay. They break into okay. a radio yeah. station. Yeah. yeah, I remember that was the first movie I ever watched on streaming Netflix, and I was very disappointed. And then once you know, twenty twelve comes around, you know, you, you kind of just you know put it to the, on the back burner. And then yeah, once twenty twelve comes around, they, they you know it's in full swing, and they they got all these licenses from different studios to play all these different movies, and that's when you know actually everybody saw it as a viable business, and it just took off. It was insane. Yeah, because they got they signed all the deals with all these different studios to host their movies and things like that, and then all these studios, platforms, and networks all realized, oh, we could also make money having our own streaming platform. So they kept pulling all of their content off of Netflix to their own individual. Now you have like Peacock, Paramount Plus, uh, whatever. I don't even know all the other ones. Hulu, obviously. Oh, there um, it's, it's insane how many they are. Yeah, yeah, Paramount Plus. I don't know. It's like you know CBS. It's like I don't know who's buying all yeah, these streaming so services. Yeah. There's this whole thing about cutting the cord. You don't to mm-hmm. not pay 120 bucks a, a month just to watch you know five or six channels. But now if you got a favorite show or you got three favorite shows, they're all on different streaming services. Mm-hmm. You're right back. You're not right there, but you're still have three different bills that you got to pay. It's like they've worked you're still around spending 50 or 60 bucks for just three services alone. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the, yeah, these studios in Hollywood have figured out a way around it. And I, what I always thought was funny is that I think I remember reading that, you know, remember The Office was on Netflix for a long yeah. time and they accounted for like 15 or 20 percent of all overall viewership of right. everything on Netflix. And then once Peacock became a thing, uh, they moved everything over to Peacock. But The Office isn't really catching up to Netflix's numbers that they had on The Office, which I thought is interesting. I, I don't know. Maybe people are losing interest of it. Maybe it's a sign of the culture wars with the politically correct comedy. I don't know what it is, but I I guess it's not as popular on Peacock that it was on Netflix. Yeah. I I mean, like I've had the mindset of like, for the most part, I won't sign up to a service just for one show. Like I'm just not interested in that. Uh, And like with Netflix, like if my girlfriend didn't use it, I would tell her just cancel it. Like it's not, I don't know why she saw it to begin with. She's one of those people that just watches all of the like true crime documentaries. Sure. Everything that comes out. That's her whole thing. Uh, but yeah, like we had Paramount Plus for a while and I used that to watch soccer. That was all I used it for. <laughs> yeah. um, and I did that. Like it was like uh, what I'd watch, like four or five matches, like four to six matches a week for a while. And before that was a little bit more because it was more teams. And that's like, all right, this is over. Cutting it. Done. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what like ESPN, HBO. Yeah, I do the same thing with NFL, you know, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. And I'm in Illinois. It's in Chicago, and they're they're starting to work around things. It's like I pay for Comcast, and um, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to watch it on my actual box. It's like I don't want to pay for boxes all over my entire house. So, but they go yeah. the streaming app. But when you you know try and get on the Fox app or the CBS app or you know all these different apps to try and watch it, they've got these workarounds to where you can't watch it unless you pay for like NFL Network or something. It's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. You know, 
they're, they're, they're really, uh, you know, raking it to everybody that wants to not pay, you know, the $120 for cable or satellite or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, to just pay for all these different streaming services. It's quite frustrating, but yeah. I imagine you have to deal with like the blackouts as well for like local teams a lot of the times. Because I know like when my grandfather comes to visit, he's a Phillies fan and there's no, like I can get other sports teams on there occasionally through like ESPN, uh, but it's never the Phillies. He's never able to watch them. Oh, really? Are you like in between Pittsburgh and Philly? We're like halfway essentially, yeah. Yeah, so you get a bunch of uh, Pirates games, but no no Phillies games. <laughs> I don't know if we get Pirates even. If I'm being honest, I mean, I don't really? I don't watch baseball, so I, I don't yeah. really check it that often. It's just when he comes over, I like I'll browse, be like, oh, we'll see if they're on form or not. And yeah, they, they're never, they never. Yeah, are. yeah, exactly. Like I'm I'm halfway between Milwaukee and Chicago, and yeah, I get people come over. Where's the Packer game? Where's the Where's the really? Bears game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's it's funny when you're in between those two sports teams towns, you know. Yeah. And, and the dumb rivalries they get. It's like, I like the Bears, but I'm, I'm, I don't hate the Packers. You know, there's, there's people out here that can't stand yeah. the Packers. <laughs> they will not admit that Aaron Rodgers is a good, good quarterback. They would, mm-hmm. they never admitted that Brett Fire was a good quarterback. Like they just bitch and bitch and bitch. Even though the Bears have sucked for years and years and years. I'm just like, guys, come on. Can you be realistic and just not have Brett this blind, blind elite? Oh, he's like top he, 10 of all time. <laughs> every pass he threw, someone caught it, regardless of whether or not they're on his team. Yeah, he had like the most consecutive games. He had like 287 or some odd games like that in a row, and they still cannot concede that he is a good quarterback. Then it's just blind allegiance to a team you don't play on and a team, a sport you never played, and you just so you can wear a hat and just you know be a form of a tribe. You know? Yeah, I I, I don't. I'm terrible. People talk about sports with me because I don't follow like any American sports. I watch soccer and mostly like Spanish league soccer, and that's about it. Other yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a, I've got a superficial relationship with sports. I don't go deep dive. I don't play fantasy. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, you, you know, go deep into the guy's stats. I don't watch the college draft or the NFL draft for that. Or uh, that's what I meant. The NFL draft for that matter. Yeah. It's like we get a guy on there. He performs good. I'll cheer for him. But if not, like, do I really care? You know, I don't this get doesn't the appeal of watching the draft in general. Really? Yes. I'm like, I don't get it. You're just sitting there watching nothing. And then after a while, it's like, Hey, this guy got picked. It's like, okay, that's and- it. And especially after like, what is it? The first like 10 to 15, probably they're not on screen. They're just like the first, however many people are probably actually there in person. I don't know how many, but then after that, it's like, Oh, they selected this guy. Here's a picture of him. And it's like, okay. Yeah, he put the team's hat on, and then he's got a suit. He stands up, and then, yeah, you don't see him for the first season. Or if you do, it's because the the star of whatever position that they played you know, goes down. So they, oh, let's put the rookie in. And then he's usually going to bust. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll see it if we go out to eat or something. Sometimes it's like I've seen it on at like, you know, sports bar or whatever. And it's like I'm watching. Like, There's people there in person. What are they there for? This is like the second round. None of these people are going to be there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I just don't get the you, you know you're even buying a jersey and having another guy's name on your on your back. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of get it, but I mostly don't. I'm like seventy percent don't get it. It's like you know, you don't play. You're not friends with him. He's not family. He mm-hmm. does well in a sport that you enjoy. 
Why are you plastered with this guy's name all over? You know, you got the hat, you got the jersey, you got the shirt, you got, you know, the the blog posts about him and and you're following his entire career. I I just don't understand the appeal of following a single person from college through the pros. And yeah, again, eventually watch him bust because most of the players bust, don't they? I would imagine so. I don't know how many players there are in the NFL, but I mean, there's so many colleges. I mean, just you have to imagine how many people and like announce for the draft or whatever and uh, what is it? Two hundred fifty-six picks in the draft, or something? Maybe I don't. Yeah, know. something like there's like four rounds and yeah, out yeah. random numbers. I, I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah, that's why I say I have a superficial knowledge of a, a lot of this stuff. I yeah. just like I enjoy I enjoy watching it. I enjoy the big plays. Um, I enjoy. I even I'll watch. It's like I just like the general spirit of sport. You know, it's competition, mm-hmm. team versus team. I think I like inv- individual sports better, like tennis or or golf. Okay. Because it is literally you versus another person. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're not reliant on, you know, a quarterback has got to be reliant on his wide receiver to be able to catch the ball. Um, yeah. You know, a pitcher's got to rely on his infield to be able to make those plays so he gets that perfect game. And, mm-hmm. you know, individually, I think you kind of controlling your own fate and being the best of the world uh, is a little bit more you know, impressive to me than, than you relying on the rest of your team to make sure that you're safe. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but I've just found like, as I've gotten older, I found American based sports, unbelievably boring and I'm sure. completely biased in this. Like I, I love soccer and most it's a running joke in the U S about how people hate soccer and it's boring and they never score. And so it's like, I'm the invert. Like I've realized like that, what they're saying isn't true. I'm like, yeah, they score quite a bit in soccer actually. Yeah, but then other people say, well, American sports are like action packed. I'm like, sure. I I just have a, like an inverse opinion from most of the people, especially where I live, everyone around me. <laughs> yeah, I think I heard you say something about, you know, it's not about the scoring. It's about, you know, you're listening on one of your other podcasts oh, okay. um, was about it's the strategy of setting up the ball and being able to score yeah. based on, uh, on on the defense. And that, that that's, I'm aware that that's how like football and stuff works as well. Like you're trying to figure out what their strategy is on defense and how you can get the best like running or passing play to kind of avoid the defenders and, and create a lane for yourself to to score a touchdown. I'm right. aware of reality in football as well. And baseball, I, I'm, I understand how baseball works to an extent, but it's about it's more of like a duel between the pitcher and the, the batter. I'm aware of these things. I just find them less interesting for me to watch. Personally. Sure. It's very understandable. I just went to a Cubs game like three weeks ago or something. Mm-hmm. And it brought my sons to uh, there the first time, and yeah. they were there, you know, first couple of innings, they were having fun, and now it's like it's boring. Like, I do yeah, much I prefer going it. to games in person; it's way more entertaining. Like oh, I, yeah, I don't, want, I will never watch baseball on TV. Generally, I'll go to a baseball game in person. It's fun to just hang out and chat and whatever while you're watching it going on. Yeah, and you know, I coach my sons, or you know, assistant coach or whatever, my you know youngest son's baseball team, and you know, he kind of mm-hmm. sees what how the game is is done and then you know he'll go to the major league games and you know he's eight years old and his mouth was just wide open watching how these players perform you know and it is impressive you know and all i just will say one thing about baseball you know as far as strategy there's like a million different strategies you can do in any given situation in baseball and i think that's why i like Mm -hmm. baseball the most you know it's like you know you gotta hit you gotta be you know to be a good baseball player you gotta be able to hit you gotta be able to run throw catch have good depth perception and you're not just limited to one, you know, position where all you got to do mm-hmm. is run and catch, uh, or you know, with basketball, you know, depending on which major league team you play for, you got to be able to hold a rhythm on the the metal garbage can lid. Is your in the <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if you got some <laughs> rhythm and the cameras aren't looking, you might be able to win the World <laughs> Series. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I used, I used to play baseball as a kid until I got to like middle school, I think. Something like I forget if I was in like fifth or sixth grade. Uh, and then I just, the one, it was, I wasn't on the, the school, like playing for the school. It was like the, the whatever, township. Yeah. Whatever the, you want to call it, like that league or whatever, that tier. And uh, the one, we switched to a, the higher league. And the coach of that, his son was on the team playing second base, which was my position for the past, like however many years. And I was like, well, I, I always play second base. Can we like, my parents were like, oh, can they just rotate on? He's like, no, my son likes to play second base. He can go in the outfield. And he put me in the outfield and I fucking hated it. <laughs> it hated does it. suck. And I got even more frustrating, frustrated because like, I know I was better than the kid at second base. He was making errors all the time. And I'm like, I wouldn't be doing that. I'd be better mm-hmm. than you at this. I'm not even asking for it all the time. Just rotate us out, and he wouldn't do it. Yep. And I got so mad. I was like, "I'm done with this." You just got the seething resentment up against another ten-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "This is ridiculous." Like, like I think mostly it was just that guy. Who just he's he got like a power trip being a coach. He's like, "No, it's like I'm the coach, so I get to make the decision." It's like, all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm in little league right now, and I'd question my head coaches. Uh, mm-hmm. decisions all the time i'm just like don't put that kid there he's good it's like we had a tournament like two weeks ago and i was just like don't put that kid there it's like there's this whole you know thing where you got to rotate all the players and put them in different positions just saying, like and, just you know, keep trying them out like you, the whole point of being a coach is to put your you know obviously this is like a children your own kids playing but like you have to put the players in a position where they're most able to succeed right, right? generally yeah. the idea yeah. And if and I get the spirit of rotating them, but that's for the purpose of finding out where their strengths at, not just you know rotating for the sake of ro- sake of rotating so everyone gets a chance. It's like especially when you get to the tournament phase, it's like come on, why are you putting that kid at first base? It's the most important position right there outside of the pitcher. So <laughs> get yeah. that kid that's afraid of the ball off that base. Yeah, yeah but yeah, it was, it was frustrating. And now I'm like watching like my my little brother. He's going to be ten. He's a he's adopted, and. uh watching him like i got him really into soccer and i'm like yes i won (laughs) (laughs) there you go what like practicing with him showing him how to do different things and uh you know we our schedules are weird so they don't line up very often but we're gonna go out and try and watch some of his games and just listen to like my dad explain it to like what they do at like his practices and in his games he's like yeah they rotate him like every game like they put him in a different position i'm like that makes sense like Mm -hmm. that's what you should be doing that's the point like it it makes it so all the kids can be happy knowing they got to, you know, try something new out and do what they enjoyed while also like helping them learn the different positions and appreciate it. I'm like smart coaches. Okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, especially for kids, soccer is perfect. You know, they get to run and they get to kick um, Mm -hmm. and they get to, you know, get a bit of teamwork and they learn how to pass. And, you know, that's the big thing. It's like when they get super, my, both my, my boys were in, in soccer. Yeah. They get to learn how to pass and then they learn how to score. And Mm -hmm. the big thing is just like, can you run the right direction? Can you remember the direction you're supposed to kick that ball? (laughs) Yeah. That was, I loved playing soccer when I was a kid. I played that into middle school as well. And, uh, I loved it because no matter what position they put me in, I always did almost the same thing. If I'm like back on the, like a, you know, back line, it's like, all right, I've got the ball. I'm going to play it forward. I'll run forward with it. It's fine. Get mm-hmm. put in the midfield. Yeah, I can run forward with it. I'll pass it around. Whatever. I'm doing my normal duties, but I'm like, if I see an opportunity, I'll take it out. And they put me a goalie. And I was, I was at, for my age, I guess, good at goalie. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm better than some of these people. 
I'll take it out as a goalie and I'd score as a goalie sometimes. Like, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and uh, I love doing that. And then when I got in, in school, we'd play soccer as well, like a gym class. And there was this girl I, I liked and she was really into soccer. I was like, cool. And I would make it a point like we'd, I would like, ma- I'd, uh, I'd mark her, like position mark her all the time. I'd be like, this is great. It's great. And then we were, we'd play soccer together and I had a great time with that. Got to hang out with her a lot because of that. I was like, nice. Yeah, it's all about interests. <laughs> find right. a, find an interest for the with the girl that you like. It's like yeah. it's what a lot of guys these days need to figure out. You know, you read on a lot of these forums. It's like you know we met on Reddit, and mm-hmm. there's a couple of other Reddits that I peruse, and it's like these, I, you know, the red pill stuff, and oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, pickup artist stuff. You know, I'm an old man. I'm married. So mm-hmm. it's like, I, but it's just interesting to me. It, well, I think it's interesting to me because I have a 13 year old son and I'm trying to help him navigate the world with girls and all this stuff. And, you know, yeah. I don't want to get him to get mesmerized by Andrew Tate and oh, that yeah. kind of shit, you know? So, it is you know, weird. it is, it yeah. is weird. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my son's super into working out. It's funny. He's 13 and he's like, I'm, I'm six foot tall and he's just an inch shorter than me right now. Mm-hmm. And he works out all the time and, you know, he's not super online, but, he knows enough with online culture to know what, who Andrew Tate is and just to kind of, yeah. you know, and I've been trying to keep him from, you know, not being a fucking asshole, you know, to yeah. everybody, you know, that's it. And not that he is, yeah. but, but it's funny when you start working out and you start to look online for advice and all that stuff. And that fucker comes up all the time, you know, mm-hmm. it's it. Cause like I, and I don't have kids of my own, obviously. Um, but it, from my perspective, I would think like you want them to be aware of that sort of stuff to be like, all right, this is what's wrong. This is what you want to avoid because you want them to understand like this is this is a negative thing that's out there in case you encounter it. This is how you would deal with it. Right. But also you want to teach them like, oh, this is how to, you know, the right thing to do. Yeah. The, if you keep the, them shielded from it, then they when they encounter it, they're like, oh, what is this? Yeah, I'm not saying I want to shield him from him, but I want him to be yeah. able to wade through the bullshit and not be a sucker. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I don't want him signing up for Andrew Tate's Hustlers University. Pick I'm out the good, pick pick out the good stuff from it. You know, that's uh, it, you know, a lot of people talk like to talk shit about Jordan Peterson, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But if you take his <laughs> his lessons on face value, there, it's, there's there's good good stuff in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, we have a guest coming up in two two weeks. That's his whole thing is like. Uh, dating culture for for guys and i'm like looking i'm excited to an extent of that and like how is this going to turn out i'm very curious yeah you never know where someone's what angle someone's going to come from yeah. you know are they a, are they a normal person or are they a sycophant you know <laughs> it's it is weird though like i i mentioned this a lot i think on the show too but i know talking to my girlfriend a lot about it i'm just like people have like zero social skills to an extent at this point where it's like, it's all like, I'm just going to message these people online. If they turn me down, it doesn't matter because neither of us know who the other person is even. It's just, it's so like streamlined and anonymous to an ex- to a certain extent. And it's just, you run into people in person and they still think they're online and they can just run their mouth or whatever. And it's like, how are you a human being? Like, how yeah. is you? Yeah, the, the, it, it, I don't, it's beyond having a filter because having a filter means you're just saying offensive shit and when you, and you mm-hmm. don't really care, you know. It's yeah. about a naive, naivety about kind of how, how the world works. And I, I think mm-hmm. it, it, it's just too much with people that are too online. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think text you know, culture, dating. I think you know, text culture kind of ha- kind of exacerbates that fact, too. 
yeah. you know, it's like no one talks to each other on the phone. Everyone. It's all text. It's mm-hmm. all snaps. It's all, you know, all this other shit. And if we could all just get back to talking to each other over the phone and not text messaging, it's like, I remember the days where I had to run to the phone before my parents got to it. Cause I knew I was <laughs> expecting a call, you know, <laughs> like, no, yeah. don't talk to my parents. You know, and then, you know, you'd sit and talk to somebody for an hour or something. Now it's just yeah. <laughs> this endless left on red, uh, a text back and forth that lasts six or three days or whatever, six hours to three days. It's like, no, you start a conversation, you end a conversation and move on with your life. Don't, you know, have this what if hanging in your head, you know, it's just like just social interaction is just weird nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it's, you know, you go on Reddit, you go on Twitter, you go on, it's just, these people are just super, just they don't know how to interact with other people on a normal level and especially with with something like twitter where you can make a super innocuous statement and someone will just come at you and attack you and just like hey is this how you talk to strangers in person you know like what the fuck are you talking about i'm like they straw man you and they 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 just like twist your words into something that you never said i'm just like you guys need to get outside and start talking to people (laughs) you know just get out and start talking to people and that's you know there's another thing about anonymity it's like i think i started a podcast rather than a youtube and maybe that's why i'm not going to youtube there's a certain anonymity with podcasts where um you're not going to have some crazy asshole, you know, uh, Google image search your face and find out where you live and, you know, mm-hmm. start sending death threats to your family, you know, yeah. because I can be quite polarizing on a lot of things, but I don't say polarizing things. And in this day and age, it's like anything can kind of be deemed as polarizing. Mm-hmm. You know, a normal statement might trigger some, you know, you know, basement dwelling idiot. And, you know, he's just got some vengeance against you. Yeah, you say something like offensive, like I think people should be treated politely. <laughs> you know, all, all worked up about it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, and and, he, and even guys like Joe Rogan, you know, it, it's like mm-hmm. he's got you know the biggest podcast platform in the world, and he's just and correct me, and maybe I I'd like your opinion on that. Okay. Is that you know he's got the biggest podcast in the world, and he's been podcasting since like two thousand nine, and. Probably, probably, yeah. Yeah, and, and it began with uh, with just a thing with his friends, and it kind of morphed into having more people on, and he's just having conversations, right? He doesn't claim to be an expert on anything but MMA, maybe pot smoking, something like that. But he's got these wide variety of people that come on, and he just kind of agrees with them. He'll push back on some people, and it, it's a con- it's a normal conversation as far as I could tell for a long time. Yeah. Um, but now he's you know he's got this hundred to two hundred million dollar. Uh, uh, deal with Spotify. He's got the largest platform in the world, you know, quote unquote platform. And what responsibility do you think that he has as a, you know, as a, as a platform, you know, because, you know, I could have, I could have a neo-Nazi on my podcast. No one give a fucking shit, you know, <laughs> no one fucking care. I could, I could, you know, uh, you know, tear the neo-Nazi down and call him an idiot and say, you're a fucking retard and you should not be on there. And uh, people would just don't criticize my use of the word retard but what would what responsibility does joe rogan really have in your eyes yeah it's interesting because like i've i've been careful about that to an extent even with our show and we're obviously a microcosm of the size of joe rogan's show right and there are times when people reach out and like i do some research like i'm not sitting here looking at people's entire history mm-hmm. trying to like find the tiniest thing to you know consider as like a negative like I'll do general research on on guests to, before I have them on just to be safe. Like, just so I'm, I I don't want to have 
people on that are like that where it's like this person like where it's an obvious like in the wrong sorry right. Like Nazi, right right like i'm fine with having people on that have different opinions than myself i mean we do it frequently and i'm happy to debate them on it um i think just because someone has a different opinion doesn't mean they shouldn't get a platform but mm-hmm. there are ideologies out there where it's like this doesn't need to have a platform like sure. this is just hate for the sake of hate and i don't feel like having you on my show and that's that's the way i've taken it sometimes i think joe rogan's probably on a, a more strict version of that just from like the advertising side of it right with spotify and everything like that like they have a brand to maintain i'm sure they're very cautious about some of the guests you might have on at times yeah, I'm sure they are, but but I'm not talking. You know, I just use Nazi Nazi as an extreme yeah. example, but you know, a lot of people get labeled as Nazis that are not actual Nazis or sure. fascists or whatever it yeah. is. Uh, again, and I'm not a follower of Jordan Peterson. I I find him quite annoying, but again, like you know, face value, a lot of his stuff sounds, um, you know, like really good advice. But mm-hmm. for you know, for him to host Jordan Peterson. And then have, you know, millions of people go on his pod or, uh, you know, go on to social media and just say, why are you platforming this kind of hate? And it's like, well, he's not really platforming hate. You know, does that make sense? It's just incorrect information. Right. Exactly. It's like, like how I, yeah, I, I mean, that's a situation where it's like, you can have that person on the show, but you, if you know, it's incorrect, just, you know, have some pushback. Right, exactly. Yeah, don't just let yeah. them, you know, spout off nonsense all, you know, the entire time. It's, it's yeah. as, long, as long as you know you're responsible with your position as as you know having one of the largest podcast platforms in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Be responsible I mean, like, about it. I think letting people just come on your show and just spout knowingly incorrect information. It's like well, you're doing your audience a disservice as well. Yeah, and it's funny that, you know, like with Joe Rogan, he had like guys like Gavin McGinnis and on and, uh, you know, that guy Miley, you know, Yiannopoulos on. Okay, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, he just kind of deleted that entire, the entirety of the episodes that they had with them. And I wonder if that was from pressure from Spotify or did Joe Rogan really have this, you know, change of heart about why he hosted this person? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. I I wonder how much he cares about like audience uh, feedback, like people complaining, because he right. has such a large audience where people are like I can't believe you'd have this person on your show. This is ridiculous. Like, I imagine he's at a position where he doesn't really need to care. Yeah, I'd imagine, but I'd like say someone that's half his size, like mm-hmm. the, you know, I, he's had Neil deGrasse Tyson on his podcast a lot too, and a lot of people hate that guy for his, yeah. you know, for ruining Christmas every Christmas Eve for all the kids, you know. He'll, He'll start. He'll, he'll, you ever seen that guy on Twitter on Christmas Eve? No, I. It's he'll, weird. He'll, <laughs> he'll break down the trajectory of Santa and just and just ruin <laughs> it for every kid in in the entire world. You know, we're like it is impossible for for a single person to take a flight around the world to visit every house. You know that kind of shit. Yeah. It's like, come on, dude, just you have a little bit of fantasy in your life. You I know? know he did that with. Uh, oh, I can't remember some other things like Interstellar. Like he'll ruin movies. Like, like, just watch it to enjoy it. Yeah. So you should suspend some disbelief sometimes, dude. It's like, I know you're a rocket scientist, but why are you going to be the fucking party pooper? (laughs) Fucking bummer. I was going to say it's weird because like my entire job, my entire career is based around social media and marketing. 
And like, I spend a remarkable little amount of time on a lot of social media platforms like Twitter. Like I don't, I don't even have a personal like Facebook or anything close to Facebook, like, you know, uh, accounts. I have a personal Twitter. I use it to reach out to people sometimes. Uh, but like I spend a remarkable little amount of time on those because it's like one, I, I know how advertising works and I don't feel like just being advertised to the entire time and sure. seeing a bunch of it. Yeah. You know, marketed nonsense, like where it's like, Oh, this is what you're interested in. Now we're just going to spam you with this, uh, like stuff like that. Like, most of my time is spent like, doing air quotes here on YouTube, which is just me putting YouTube up in the background while I'm working. And that's about it. Like the, the amount of the other you know, rest of the time I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that is literally business related and not personal. And I like it that way. I have, I don't know. I don't like spending all my free time on nonsense. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is all nonsense, but it is fun to watch sometimes. Like yeah. I, I, like I'm not on uh, Facebook, but I'm on Twitter, and I'm mm-hmm. a lurker on Twitter. I like I've got a personal account, and I'll just kind of scroll through the feed and see who's fighting with who, and, and yeah, I'm just like eating popcorn, watching this person fight with that person. It, it, it is fun. Yeah. I'm one of those people. I don't <laughs> jump in. I don't dogpile. I don't you know go into that. But I'm just like, wow, that is hilarious. We had a debate not really a debate with a conversation with my little brother over father's day weekend, uh, about like advertising in YouTube. Uh, we were talking to him about Mr. Beast and I forget there's another YouTuber he watches. I can't remember what they said. It was some Minecraft guy, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're talking to him. He's like, we're like, yeah, this is like, you're getting advertising all the time. Like it's, you shouldn't be on YouTube all the time as a, as a child. He's like, well, Mr. Beast doesn't do ads. I'm like, Mr. Beast absolutely is it. like all of his thumbnails are designed to get children to watch it. <laughs> right. I'm like, uh, and he's like, well, he didn't do it. He's not like selling anything. It's like, did he tell you to buy his chocolate? Did he tell you to buy his merch or do that? And he's like, not really. And I literally pulled up a random Mr. Beast video, uh, which is a mistake. Cause then I got recommended Mr. Beast video. <laughs> uh, yeah. I pulled it up and it's like the first thing is like, Oh, check out like all the new merch available. Top link. You click on the website and it's like all these bright flashing colors all over his website. And it's like, this is marketed towards children so he can make money, which granted he does good things with. Like, I don't have a problem with him as a person. He seems to be a generally nice person, I guess. Right. But but I'm like, this is absolutely like 100% marketing, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. He started as a around it. Yeah. He started as a guy that was you know, uh, trying to make the vet best videos, like beat the YouTube algorithm, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I've, I've heard, I've heard interviews with the guy and he's just like, you know, spent thousands of hours with him and a, a team just analyzing what makes the best videos. And yeah. allegedly all he does is reinvest all of his stuff back into videos and makes mm-hmm. them on a grand scale, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like he, says, getting- I can tell, he seems like a, a nice enough guy, but to say he doesn't do his marketing is ridiculous. It's, it's yeah, it's willfully ignorant is what it is. Like yeah. unless you're unless you're susceptible to advertising, you know. Yeah. Um, no, that's yeah. For all of the big content creators on any platform, it's all marketing. That's how they got famous to begin with because they were good at using the algorithms and making content that appealed to the widest audience possible to get in front of people. Yeah, it's funny, you know, I was thinking about Mr. Beast, you know, and like, what if there was a right wing Mr. Beast, you know, and like, he's just <laughs> trying to, you know, disprove all this shit, like the Bud Light controversy, what he's like, I'm, yeah. all right, we bought 1.3 million cases of Bud Light, and we're <laughs> gonna drink all of it. <laughs> and we're gonna see if it turns our kids trans. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> what are you doing? 
that, <laughs> I love the idea of like just spending a huge amount. And that's what some people did. They're like destroying the Bud Light cans. They bought, they'd spend like tens of thousands of dollars to get like cases upon cases of Bud Light just to like destroy <laughs> it. And it's like, I don't understand. It's the same as people buying jerseys to burn them when like yeah. a player leaves their team. I'm like, how does this affect the company at all? You're giving them yeah. your money. And it's just this performative bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually costing you to do this. It's like the yeah. JK, the JK Rowling controversy. Everyone's burning their DVDs and books. It's like, well, you already gave her the money. So yeah, you already <laughs> had the, pro- like, how does this help anyone? Yeah, it's just super performative and it kind of makes you look like an idiot. You know, my girlfriend loved that game. Don't even care. Got it for <laughs> yeah. She played through it. She loved it. I was like, hey, she's happy. It's fine. Whatever. A lot of people, I mean, a lot of people that had a fit about that game played it, bought it, played it anyway. It was one of the most popular games at the time. Oh, the uh, Hogwarts game? Yeah, Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you know um, I'm not a bit, I'm not much of a gamer anymore. You know, like mm-hmm. back, I, I want to say from 2008 till like 2014, mm-hmm. I was a gamer. And then all of a sudden, does there this one day I just stopped playing? I was like, what am I doing? I just, I'm wasting my time. I got other shit to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and I had kids and everything. And that was probably a big part of it. Um, but that was a game, you know, that had this big controversy. And, and I liked RPGs a little bit, a little bit. Like I played, you know, Final Fantasy VII and, you know, yeah. Chrono Trigger on the uh, yeah. uh, SNES and Final Fantasy III and all that. But like now, you know, my kids are a little bit older. I got a little bit more free time. I was like, maybe I'll try that at Hogwarts because I watched all the Harry Potter. My wife is a giant Harry Potter fan. Mm-hmm. That's what my girlfriend it's, is, yeah. Yeah, so I naturally just watched it, watched it with her. And they're 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 compelling books and compelling movies and you know they're entertaining. Yes, there's a shit ton of plot holes and suspension oh, yeah. of dis- disbelief. I bring it up all the stuff. time and it pisses her off. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny? It's like, yeah, if your spouse loves something and you just start picking it apart, they just start hating you for picking it apart. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. She's she's a huge Harry Potter fan and she's a huge fan of the Titanic movie. Oh yeah. The James Cameron one. And uh, I, I just, it's not even picking the movie apart. I just bring up the idea. I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is just a figment of her imagination to deal with her abusive husband. And she's like, <laughs> that's not true. I'm like, yeah. And then she throws the jewel in the water at the end because she realizes she doesn't need to, you know, fantasize about it anymore. She's moved on in life. She's like, that's not true. I'm like, I refuse to believe otherwise. And I just roll with that. So it's like time. a psychological torment to make her yeah. think about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't realize that she was able to survive on the Titanic by herself. You know, she grabbed the ax, got out, floated on the boat, by, on the wood by herself. That's why yeah. there's no history of him being on the ship. Even though all <laughs> of this is very clearly explained in the film, I just refuse to acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I'm going to have to look up some fanfic like that and have to. I'm sure that's an actual that. theory. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be. I think she's mentioned she's seen that before, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoy rolling with that sort of stuff. It's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to look up some of that shit because I'm not that creative on my own to come up with my own theories about it. I just <laughs> I just pick apart the plot holes and say, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? She's like, can you just enjoy the movie? I'm like, Yeah, I have a problem with I that sometimes, to be fair. I think maybe because I, sure. I do so much like content creation, like I'm just creating like a backwards narrative of like how everything could have worked out alternatively the entire time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I mean, that's what I do. And, like, I'm writing stuff where it's like, all right, this is the end point. How do I work backwards so it makes sense? And, like, so that's, like, kind of how my mind thinks about a lot of these things. Yeah, reverse engineer the writing to find out how, yeah. <laughs> how they started it. Yeah. yeah and that's like, what I do. How, on, how does this work out? <laughs> 
Yeah, and well, that's what I do. I do on my podcast a lot. Is we we pick up apart a lot of the plot holes, which a lot I, I get it. Cinemasins does it, and you know it's it's kind of done to death. But uh, we just kind of bring them up, you know, and it's fun to bring that kind of stuff up, you know, in in, in an enjoy uh, amusing way, you know. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's fun though too. And then I I, I have tried to like contain myself to a point lately because there was a point where I was like getting way too into it because I just <laughs> to be fair, a lot of these were like B movies. So it's not something we were really invested in. And then at one point, it ca- I forget what we were watching, but it carried over to like an actual like major movie. And I'm like, I need to just shut up and watch the movie here. Yeah. 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 That's it annoying. can get the best of you. <laughs> just shut up and enjoy the movie. I do have a question for you. Oh, okay. Um, what's up with your podcast descriptions? Uh, I can, yeah, I can talk about that. People, I get that question quite a bit, actually. Yeah. It's, uh, I forget what episode we actually started out where I got a bit more invested in that because the first episode is like our heroes embark on their journey and then Mm -hmm. whatever um i've always enjoyed writing i've been writing since i was in like first grade and uh that was just a an extra i mean the podcast itself is sort of a combination of meeting people and talking to them which i love and being able to sort of vent get my ideas out there i need some Mm -hmm. sort of you know sort of way to just get my uh my ideas out of my head and onto some sort of platform, whether it be writing or video or whatever, just so they're out. Otherwise, they're just stuck in my head and I'm constantly overloading myself. Right. Uh, I'm, I don't know if that's an autism thing or not. It seems to be at a certain point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there was, that was that, just the podcast. Itself. And then I was like, well, I, I like fantasy themed like books and movies and stuff like that. And it's like, I could just make a, you know, like a fantasy themed description and just have it being an overarching story since the, podcast episodes themselves aren't really connected other than me being the host uh you know it's there's really generally no overarching narrative between the episodes obviously i mean they're different guests every week generally so why would right. they be? so that under that narrative in the description is the one connecting like stream uh that you know combines all the podcasts together into one thing and uh so yeah it's just been a continuous story that i've been working on and working on that works okay. as sort of like a, a side narrative to a a different uh, plot that I've been working on as a, a standalone project for. So this is a, this is an on this is an ongoing thing. You don't have an end. You just kind of just keep go rolling with the punches with it. There's no end for that. No, there's okay. there's plot points that I I have, and then I just kind of fill in the gaps from you know as I go along. Uh, but there's no end point because I'll end it if the podcast ends. I'll be like, all right, well that's now I need to get to the end point, and I'll okay. think of something then, but. I don't want to have a strict endpoint because then it's like I have to work around that specifically while I'm writing the rest of it. Yeah, you don't want to paint yourself into a corner. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, you being an SEO guy with your titles and your descriptions, how does that does that prevent you from kind of getting the reach that you should be with podcast descriptions? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's an active hindrance, if I'm being honest. Uh, But I'd rather enjoy myself than focus on growing it in that regard to an extent like obviously i'd like to grow the podcast and grow the brand but if i'm not enjoying it while i'm doing it then there's no point so yeah you got okay you got a little uh mini outlet for another mini outlet it's it's selfish either way i guess it's either growing the podcast (laughs) which is sort of self-centered or just enjoying myself which is also self-centered 
So it's all about me in the end, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right there with you. You know, it's like I hate yeah. social media. It's like I understand that I was in sales for a little bit, you know, just online yeah. sales uh, for a company. I was kind of in charge of their online sales because I <laughs> did YouTube and I did, uh, um, you know, some SEO courses and all that kind of shit. And, and that's yeah. all. And it's funny. If you ever look up how do you do YouTube, it's essentially an SEO course. You know, everybody. Yeah, it, that's it, what I do. Like I said, that's my career is SEO and then. I handle like the marketing for different companies. I did advertising sales and now I moved to one specific company where I handle like social media, YouTube and stuff like that for them. And it's really an exercise in making sure you're keeping up with every little detail and change and how the algorithms work. Yeah. And, and you know, in your experience, how often does the algorithm algorithm change and what are the changes that you have to make when the algorithm does change? I, there's major changes every once in a while for YouTube. Um, and uh but for the most part it's all the same sort of thing most of the time it's about making sure the title has like specific keywords in it making sure those keywords are in the description making sure those i think on youtube they call them tags i always use the phrase uh keywords um but yeah make sure you have like 20 of those 20 tags keywords keep those same ones in the description as many as you can in the title um and I, I worked with some people recently about, it. I mean, that's, that's our brand is the podcast at this point and, you know, helping people get started on their, uh, content, uh, and working with people on YouTube specifically lately and being like, all right, here's, you know, ideas. Like if your, uh, show is, is about, you know, at the NFL, like you're going to have all the NFL, like the teams in the description, stuff like that description, like making it so it, it reads naturally, but it's you know, it's got those SEO. key elements in there. Yeah. And then obviously there's other things that lead into it. The thumbnail, the length, the, the chapters that you can add onto it. Close right. captions. There's so many little details that factor into how and YouTube promotes it. Really all that little shit, like doing the chapters, doing the cat closed captions, do it. That's that really does affect the SEO. It does. Cause they want to promote YouTube wants to promote content. That's as accessible as possible. So it reaches the widest audience possible. Uh, okay. That makes sense. That does make so like sense. That, it, they would do that for themselves and for like the advertisers mainly. Sure. So like if you, if it's uh, like you look at who's spending the most time on YouTube, it's people who aren't working. So it's like children, teenagers, whatever. I mean, they're all children if you want to call it that, but like that range of people, like younger generations are the yeah, ones have- spending the most time there. So marketing towards them. So like on YouTube, it'll say, is this, kids safe i think is the phrasing right. uh, and if you hit yes it's like oh now you've opened yourself up to a much larger audience way more advertisers can go on this and it's just that's a huge boost to uh to your platform wow so well before we go any further how about we take a break for our ad reads and uh we'll reconvene sounds good sounds good i'll let you step away i'll do the ad reads here awesome. uh this week's episode brought to you by liquid iv You've heard it the last couple of weeks. Liquid IV, fantastic. Really enjoy it. Uh, you know, I've been keeping up with my my uh, physical health, mental health, maybe not so much. Uh, but yeah, Liquid IV has been great. It's a little stick uh, you add to a powder you add to your water. Tastes great. Makes you more hydrated. And I've been using it for about two weeks now, I think. And uh, I've got some, uh, some more on the way. I'm very excited. Some sugar-free coming, uh, white peach flavor. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been good. I, I drink mostly water all the time anyway, so it's nice to add a little flavor in there as opposed to just straight tap water. 
Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long run out, and on long flights. Any of these are, are fantastic. And uh, yeah, it works really, really well. Um, I like it because it's, it adds, like I said, it adds flavor to the water that I drink all the time anyway. Tastes good. I use, I've been having the strawberry lemonade. And like I said, I have the white peach sugar-free on the way. I'm excited to try that one out. Um, one stick of it in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. There's 12 different flavors. They all taste good, I'm sure, because I've enjoyed the ones I'm having here. They got five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. Uh, so get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com. Again, that's liquidiv.com. Use code DJP15, that's DJP15 at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using code DJP15 at liquidiv.com. You won't regret it. They're pretty darn good. Ready to shop Better Hydration? Use my special link in the description to save 20% off anything you order. The show is also brought to you by Zencaster, which we're using to record right now. Uh, very happy to have them sponsor the show. Very much appreciated. Uh, we started using Zencaster because it was super efficient for us. Easy to just send the link out, get the guests on the show. They can hop right on. Records everything for us. It's very convenient. Works flawlessly. We've never had any problems with it, literally at all. Uh, that wasn't our own fault. So it's never we've never had any problems with Zencaster specifically, which is fantastic. So many others are services. Could be a little bit of a mess. Zencaster, not at all. Works great. Uh, they're super helpful. They have fantastic uh, support. Can't recommend them enough. Uh, it's super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. You log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Uh, Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. You just re-upload it. It's good to go. It's it's fantastic. Super Super convenient. Uh, go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use the code DJP15 and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. Again, that's DJP15 at Zencaster.com slash pricing. Uh, once you have the same easy experiences that I do for all the podcasting and content needs, it's time to share your story. Again, link is in the description, Zencaster.com slash pricing. Use code DJP15. really need to update my offer code because the 1.5 is throwing everyone off. Every time I use it, and it's 20 or 30% off all of our sponsors. But thank you so much to Liquid IV and Zancaster for sponsoring the show. They're both fantastic products, and I can't recommend them enough. So thank you to them. I think we're uh, I think we're back here. Welcome back. Right on. Appreciate Again, you. thanks for thank, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know where you wanted to pick up. We left off talking about uh you know the marketing side of things in that regard um but i didn't want to that was a question you would ask me actually uh, i didn't know if you wanted to jump into movie talk because i know that's your bread and butter um you know actually what i wanted to talk about a little bit was uh games because yeah i did okay. listen to um you know the i'll just say this the original title of my podcast was the retro mmg show right 
Okay. It was the Retro Movies, Metal, and Games show. Hmm. Now, I love retro games, you know, like uh, Nintendo, arcade games, uh, Atari, uh, Super Nintendo, maybe a little bit of, bit of Sega Genesis, maybe a little yeah. PS1. Um, but going through the, our, our, our uh, uh, catalog of what um, me and my co-host Tony lined up on was not a whole lot. You know, I think we did maybe three game uh, uh, episodes and we're <laughs> like, uh, we don't line up on this shit at all. It's like I could go all day on you know, Nintendo and Super Nintendo and that kind of shit. And he, yeah. all he does is play new games, you know. <laughs> he's playing Call of Duty. He's playing Counter-Strike. He's playing all kinds of these massive online. And I'm, I just don't have time for any of that shit anymore. It's like, like I said, like, I want to say, yeah, it was 2015, 2016. I just stopped playing altogether. Call of Duty was my game that I played. <laughs> I think, uh, I, think I, I got up to Black Ops 2 whenever that's, maybe yeah. it was Black Ops 3. Uh, but, that's when a lot of people know, fall off that series, to be fair. Because they really went kind of weird with it. Yeah, I didn't like how you, the the rocket pack and the the uh, jumping all over and running across walls and that shit, that kind of shit. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" It's like this isn't combat. This is magical land. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. what are we doing? Um, so we 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 changed it to retro movies and metal because we our our gaming just did not line up. Um, and what you know, I I forget how old you you said you were. You're like twenty nine, thirty. I'm 29 yeah okay what was your like uh you know kid games growing up what do you what's the first system you remember having I had the original nintendo i remember playing mario like metroid oh you played that. metroid yeah i did I, I i think it was just the original one i, I was never a huge metroid fan okay uh, but that's what i had available at the time i think it was my stepdad's console uh and then i had the super nintendo i remember playing like super mario world and or, you know, was it super mario brothers 3 Whatever. I forget all the Mario games. A lot of them ran together at the time. Um, sure. But yeah, playing a lot of those old games. Donkey Kong Country. remember playing that. I was terrible yeah. at it. I'm still terrible at Donkey Kong. We got one for the Switch. And I'm just bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, my girlfriend and I play a lot of games. Like we, I like to do a lot of co-op games with her. Because it's, mm-hmm. it's just something to do. There's not. We live in an area where there's not much to do outside of here. Right. Um, so if it's like way too hot out, we can't really go out with the dog. It'll get overheated. So I was like, all right, we'll just stay in, relax. It's like, all right, let's do a game. We'll play like games like uh, Super Mario 3D World or whatever. Yeah, Donkey Kong, whatever. I think Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is the one we played recently. Okay. And it's like the Mario one. It's like, all right, we're doing fine with this. We switched to Donkey Kong and I'm like, my hands turned to gel or something. I just can't. I'm so bad at it. Which well, is, like the side scroller one, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to collect awesome. the bananas and like the mm-hmm. you get the rhino and the dolphin and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I remember the original, the the goofy looking rhino. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it was like the first level of Donkey Kong Country. You can smash through the wall with the rhino and go running through it for uh, like a shortcut with extra bananas in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That's yeah. That was something I played when I was like thirteen yeah. years old. Yeah. I never got very far in that game. I I stuck to the Mario uh, games for the most part. Yeah, I think I. Uh, when I probably when I was thirteen, I probably beat that game. I yeah. You know, I, I to your point, I think I tried it on the uh, on the uh, classic or yeah. I think I mm-hmm. I tried it another time, but yeah, it, it yeah. was very difficult. I was like, it, it, it it's weird. The controls like you can go fast and you can go slow, and like the yeah, the controls are kind of wonky. So if you're going too fast through the level, you miss a lot yeah. of shit and then you die often. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, once my dad got me a PlayStation One, then when that came out, and that became like my childhood console playing like crash bandicoot and spyro like i played those games 
over and over. I'd beat them constantly and just replay them because I had so much fun with them. Yeah. Uh, that was, See, that was, that was I was like that with the SNES, like uh, Super Metroid. I played nonstop. It's like to, still to this day, I can beat that game in under in, in, in under a half hour. You know, I can speed run that thing like a badass, you know? Yeah. yeah and, something about the being able to like 100% games. Like I'm very, I've always enjoyed games like that with like, they're like collection games, like Spyro, for example. It's like you go to different areas, activate the, like the main statues and then collecting all the gems, at least in Spyro 1. Like just right. having like a tracking system of like how close you are to completing the level. I'm like, this is ideal for me. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, I've always been a completionist like that. Even with the Donkey Kong country games, like with the Mario games, you get all the Yoshi yeah. coins and you know, the star world and all that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, once the N64 came out, you know, I played super Mario, um, six, uh, yeah, Mario 64. Mm-hmm. I remember Turok. Do you remember when Turok came out? You remember that game? I have played. I played Turok on the original Game Boy. I think it was Turok 2, maybe, on Game oh, Boy, wow. Game Boy Color. And I actually never got a Nintendo 64. I don't know why. I, oh, really? I, had, I forget what year, like the years all these came out. But I had like PlayStation, PlayStation 2. I've had every PlayStation console. I've had every Xbox console. I skipped. I'm like every other Nintendo console because I had. I skipped the 64. I got the GameCube. I had the Wii when that came out, but I skipped the Wii U and then got the Switch. So I've had like a variety of the Nintendo ones. I, I had a lot of the handheld ones. Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, uh, the 3DS. I've had a lot of those, but I'm on and off with Nintendo. The other ones. I've yeah. Had yeah, I was kind of like that. Like I had a 64 and then I got old enough and I just sold it to somebody. Mm-hmm. I had to stop playing video games at a certain point. Started getting high or something. I <laughs> needed money. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I had a 64 and I played Ocarina of Time on that. And like, like, you know, when I was a kid, I played the first Zelda game and I think I got half, I never beat it, got halfway through a bunch of the times and I was just like, fuck this. I don't really want to finish this. <laughs> it got boring yeah. for me. Um, but once like uh, the, the A Link to the Past came out, that was one of my favorite games and I'll still play that game to this day and beat it, get all the hearts, you know, get all the weapons and, you know, I, I, I know it all by heart. It's funny. I love that game so much. <laughs> um, and then... Yeah, once the 64 came out, I played Ocarina of Time. But I, I didn't play it when I got the 64. I, I want to say I played it maybe when I was like 22 or 23 or something like that. And I loved the shit out of that game, that Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just recently got into Zelda. Like I played Wind Waker. I was a huge fan of that. And then I got into like the two most recent ones, the uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, which I'm playing through now. Yeah, everyone says that Tears of the Kingdom's the shit. Like that's it's, like a hunt. It's like two hundred hours to beat, or one hundred and fifty hours, or something. It's one of those games where it's like because it's a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild, and like you look and it's like okay, Breath of the Wild is it's like that old saying like Breath of the Wild walks, so Tears of the Kingdom could run. And it's like okay. that is never been more accurate. It you could look at it at face value and be like, oh, this looks really similar, and it visually it does to an extent, and then you realize like, oh, they've completely changed like the way the world works. Uh, like the mechanics are vastly different in that like you combine like any two items essentially can be combined into new weapons and you can stick stuff together to make like uh, vehicles even like it's just oh no way it is so much more based and centered around uh, like your ability to be creative and create things that help you traverse the world or like attack your enemies it's it's so much more creation based than just walking around fighting enemies uh, looks like I got to get a switch then. That sounds right up my alley. Like and uh, you know, 
I was a big you know Metroid fan too, and I, that Metroid Dread looked awesome. They, they kind of took it back to the two D side scroller, yeah. and I just watching people play it. I'm, it's like you know, I'm like I said, I'm forty. I got two kids. I'm working. I'm building. I build furniture on the side, and um, I do a lot of stuff. And it's hard for me to get kind of back into video games where I could play maybe two or three hours a week, if that. You know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's got to really be something to kind of catch my interest. And you talk, you know, that Metroid Dread was really about that. And, and I'm sure my kids would love a, a Nintendo Switch. They've, we've got, you know, the Xboxes. We don't have any PlayStations, but we've got all the Xboxes. I bought my son this PC. It was like 1500 bucks, and, like, he plays the hell out of it. And, you know, it's funny. When I did talk to him about it, I'm like, all right, well, if we're going to buy you this PC, then we're not buying Xbox, we're not buying PlayStation. You're going to stick to this thing. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. I growing up, I was never a multi-console household. It was, mm-hmm. you know, pick one and stick with it. You know, it's not like, you know, we had, you know, Nintendo's all over the places or PlayStation's all over the places. It was mm-hmm. just like, nope, nope, we're buying this for you. And uh, if you want a game, it's going to be on your birthday or Christmas or something. <laughs> you know? No, that's the, the reason I was able to get like the different consoles. I, I, I kind of went back and forth. Like I had a PlayStation 2 and then my dad had the Xbox and I, I lived with my mom and stepdad, so I wasn't at my dad's all the time. But like when I go to mm-hmm. we play the Xbox. And then I got the Xbox 360 instead of a PlayStation 3. I played that for a bit. It got the red ring of death. And I was like, great. Oh, yeah. So it, just, it was <laughs> uh, So I, I got a PlayStation 3 instead. And then the Xbox One, I guess, was the next one I got. And then right around then is when I moved out. So... I was like, all right, I'm just going to get my own. I mean, like even up till then from like middle school through high school, I worked like I middle school. I was working in a, a farm market, just working in the fields, picking fruit for them. So I just saved up my own money and bought all my own games and consoles and things like that. Then once I graduated, I got a job. So I was like, all right, well, like a real job. I mean, and yeah. I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to get both consoles. And that's what I've done since for the most part. I've generally gotten both of them as they've come out. Like I have the new. I have the Series X, I have the PlayStation 5, got the Switch, you know. How and, did you uh, how did you get the uh, PlayStation 5? I, I I think I remember when it came out, it, like it was it was hard to get for like so a year weird. and a half. Like the way the difficulties people have had. Like I it blew my mind that people still say they can't get PlayStation 5s and I'm like I right. go like if, if I go to like a Walmart or a Target or something, they're just there on the shelf. It's weird. Yeah, same here. Problems. Yeah, maybe it's I, like uh, New York City or Boston or something or L.A. Maybe. where they can't get them. <laughs> like, like the yeah, Xbox, I just went on their website and ordered it after it was announced, and that I had no problems. Uh, the PlayStation, I actually ordered the Xbox Series X, which I have, and the Series S for my old co-host. I ordered him the, the S because uh, he didn't want to spend quite as much money. I was like, all right, and I just ordered both of them. I had no problems at all. Got them both <laughs> when they released. Um, and then the PlayStation Five, it was sold out briefly. And then someone posted a link and was like, oh, here, here's how you can, uh, the next batch are coming out. So I went, I clicked on the link and just ordered it and got it. No problem. It was yeah. like shockingly easy. Um, yeah. And then I, like, like I said, I've even still, I see people complain about having difficulties getting the PlayStation. And it, I'm like, I'm pretty sure you can just go online and order them from like Best Buy or PlayStation's website at this point. Right. Wait two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. And uh, yeah, <laughs> have it show up on your doorstep. And it's like, you go on Facebook Marketplace. I remember when it was in its heyday. You go on Facebook Marketplace, people are selling them for like $1,200, yeah. $1,500. And they just get inundated with people talking shit to them. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they sold that. You know, it's like people wanted it now. People are going to are gonna pay for it to get it right now, you know? 
I have family that live down in the Philadelphia area and they were like, all right, we're going to just get as many of these as we can. They went on like Best Buy. I think it was what they used. And they ordered like for between the four of them, they ordered like 10 consoles just to, because sometimes they were getting canceled. Like, oh, we're out of stock. So they ordered like 10 of them and they ended up getting like eight. I'm like, do you want one? We'll just sell it to you for like the actual price. I was like, no, I didn't have any problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got one. I think, cool. I think they went on like Facebook Marketplace or somewhere. And uh, they're like, yeah, we'll sell it. If it, I forget the exact price at the time. If it was $500, like, yeah, we're selling it for 600 People bought them right away. Yeah, exactly. It's supply and demand. You know, everyone yeah. wants to talk shit about capitalism, but that's, you know, capitalism at, at its best. Yeah. It's like, you don't, you don't want to get hosed, then, you know, wait. Just have a little bit of patience, you know. <laughs> You've got yeah. a PlayStation 4. Play your games and, you know, have fun with it. Don't have this, you know, fear of missing out of mm-hmm. people that are, you know, are playing the new system before you are. It's like, you know, there's plenty yeah. of people on the server playing, you know, Call of Duty, whatever, you know. <laughs> Stop I, yeah, about like it. I, said, I say that and it's like I'm for a lot of these things. If I'm interested, I'm one of those people where if I want something, generally, I just buy it. Like, I don't wait. I will right. not, I, I'm not going to spend $1,200 on a console. Don't get me wrong. But if it's like $50 more, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get that. Yeah, I'm right <laughs> there with it's, you. It's because I'm in a privileged enough position where I can afford to do that, and I realize that not everyone can. I'm like, no. all right, I understand. I feel bad that you can't get the system you want, but I've also worked my ass off to get to a point where I can do this. You know, I don't well, know how the- many years I worked like 80 hour weeks just so I could save up money and have a house and be able to afford my, you know, take care of people in my life and be able to do what I want. Well, and that's it. You know, that's the cap. That's capitalism one hundred and one. You know, yeah, save up. You know, you know, uh, avoid being impulsive on the shit that you don't want to be. You don't need to be impulsive of. And then you got this little nest egg that you can buy. You know, that's saving one hundred and one. And I don't think I think a lot of people kind of get that. You know, especially going through these you know Facebook Marketplace comment sections, like you're just you're just gouging people. You're doing, it's like yes, I am gouging you. And <laughs> what don't you get about this? It. Yeah, if people are dumb enough to give me the money for it, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, it's like, how about I put it up another 50 bucks, yeah. buddy? <laughs> yeah, it it's just weird. Like, it's like going back to what we said about like with the dating thing where people are out of touch with it. It's like, I've it seems like people are really bad with money anymore, like to an extent. Like, the amount of people I see like complain, like, oh, I can't. And there's like memes about it where it's like, oh, you know, Zoomers have to have their avocado toast and this and that, and whatever. And it's like, but at a certain point, it, it it's a meme because there's some hint of truth to it sure like, like my sister and her husband are like that for sure uh she i mean she has all of her own problems as to <laughs> but like just the narrow it down it's like she's terrible with money you know it's like oh i want a new car it's like well you don't have a driver's license all right buy me a new car 600 dollars a month payment it's like you are done yeah like, what, what are you thinking and yeah, it's like the- oh i wish i could you know you know get this but i don't have the extra money it's like well, then why do you keep buying a new cell phone every single year? It's like, I, I mean, I get a new phone every couple of years, like two or three years, maybe. But I'm not going out and buying every new iPhone. It's like, are there any radical changes? No. Yeah. And there's no reason for me to get this. Like, yeah, it, 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 oh, the new iOS. It's like, it, my phone updates the new one anyway. Yeah, exactly. I had a, you know, I, the last, I just bought a new phone. I, I got the 13. And I didn't even get the new one. I'm like, I don't need the new one. I'm like, I'm sure the 13 is not that different than the 14. <laughs> I can't but, tell them apart. I don't know which one I have even. Right. Well, I just bought it two months ago or something. So I that's why 13. I know what it is. I have a 13 Pro Max. But I, I had an, well, it's like I had an eight for five years. And then 
I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I got, I think I need a new phone now. It's like the battery's wearing out. It's not, you know, you know, charging as, as, as fast and it's not lasting as long. And I'm, I'm running out of memory and all that kind of shit. So I'm like, all right, I'll get a new phone now. Just because the new one comes out, you know, with this, you know, a third eye for a camera. And I went to, I went to the fucking phone store and they're like, I'm like, well, what's the difference between the 13 Pro Max and what's the, you know, what's the difference? Oh, it has a nighttime camera on it. I'm like, well, I don't hmm. give a shit about taking pictures at night. So why do I need it? And they're like, yeah. you don't. So I was like, all right, well, they'll give you the standard one. And, you know, I'll, I'll pay for it right now. And boom. And this thing will last me another six years. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 that's the one thing I never got is like, I need to have the newest phone right now whenever it comes out. And also with like shoes, like with the Jordans, yeah. you know, they have these shoe bots that every time the Yeezys come out or the Jordans come out, you know, like they got these web, you know, these bots that just buy them all up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, yeah, they just repurpose them on, on eBay and sell them out. It's like, who the fuck cares about your shoes? It's like they're utilities. It's like, especially a gym shoe. That's one thing I've never got. Like basketball sneakers, I'm not wearing them out to the club, or, or yeah. <laughs> I don't go to clubs, but you know what I mean. It's like if I'm going out to a nice event, I'm not wearing my $500 shoes, gym shoes. I'm gonna wear, you know, a hundred dollar pair of you know leather sold whatever, you know. It, yeah, that and like it's not even like big expensive purchases nearly all the time that I'm that I'm referring to either. It's people just spending little amounts here and there, but all the time, like food, like DoorDash. DoorDash is so expensive. When you consider it like I we have food here in the, in the house here where it's like we'll just buy bulk chicken for like 20, 25 bucks or something. Maybe I, I don't I'm not, I don't do the shopping. Sure. So, so I'm not upset, but like my girlfriend will buy like bulk chicken and then I'll just cut that up and make it into like chicken wraps. And it's like that's meals for like 10 days, maybe. Yeah. And like Absolutely. meanwhile, you people out here like, oh, man, we'll be fine. I'm going to get Chipotle. I'm going to go to like. Jersey Mike's. I'm gonna get. It's like you're, like, why are you spending like thirty dollars a meal from DoorDash? Yeah, it, it's insane. insane. One person essentially. Yeah, I, I, I don't do any of that kind of shit on principle. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can be lazy. I did it once. I literally have only done like the fast food delivery once. I was hungover as fuck one yeah. day, and like, I want to, I want a Popeyes. It was just like two, two years ago when the when the the Popeyes chicken sandwich was huge. You know, remember when it mm-hmm. was like all over the place? You know. And I was like, I just want Popeye. Just give it to me. The fucker took three hours to get here. And I'm like hurting in bed. I'm like, I just need my chicken sandwich, you know, and like took three hours to get there. It was fucking cold. And it was like, you know, 40% more than it would have been if I just drove my ass to, you know, five minutes away to go get it, you know, but I was hungover. I was probably not fit to drive, but you know, it's yeah. Hearing these people doing DoorDash, isn't it like an extra 30 to 40% to do it? It's like another, it is it's like so expensive. Like we we do it in the office occasionally for work, and uh, like I said, like I'm I do it every once in a while, but I'm also not sitting around complaining about how I don't have any money and can't afford <laughs> my stuff. So expensive, but like uh, I, I can probably find an order here on my phone actually if I pull it up, and yeah, it's it's ridiculously expensive because you're paying. It's a markup on the food itself. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, here we go. Can I find this? Let's see here. They ordered uh, Cadoba. This is what it was. I'd never had Cadoba before. That's my that's my problem when I go into the office occasionally. Is uh, where I live here, we don't have like we have a pizza place and a McDonald's in town, and I don't feel like eating that really. Right. <laughs> all the time. Uh, but even yeah. I want to come back to that. I, I want to come back to that in a second. But go ahead. Okay. 
yeah anyway so like i like to try new restaurants but when i'm at work it's like i'm just here to get the work done and go home so right. like i'm if you guys are ordering something i'll give you the the cost for my food but i'm not paying the delivery and they're like oh it's fine it's getting delivered anyway I'm like all right so i'll do that occasionally but they uh I ordered it the one day. Where's the? Oh, here we go. View receipt. So this is from Cadoba, which is like Chipotle, like Mexican sort of stuff. All right, we got them uh, around me. Okay, so it, it was two quesadillas and a soda. The soda, twenty ounce bottle of Coke, was four dollars and ten cents. Good lord. Like, <laughs> we live a vending machine in our building. And I know like that's. That's six soda. flags prices. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, you get the Coke. It's fine. It's my treat this time. And uh, yeah, for so for the two quesadillas and the Coca Cola, uh, it was thirty five dollars and thirty nine cents. Good God! That <laughs> so was twenty eight twenty eight dollars and twenty cents for the subtotal. There was no delivery fee, and the service fee. Uh, I don't understand what that is. It was four dollars and seventy nine cents, okay. and tax, and then I gave a four dollar tip. $4. Only because yep. it's literally like three blocks away, but it was pouring right. down rain as well. I'm like, okay. fine, go for it. But yeah, 35 bucks essentially. $35 for two quesadillas and a, and a 20 ounce Coke. Yep. Good. Absolutely. God. Yeah. That's yeah, why that's, I don't do it. And, exactly. And, uh, well, it's like, it's not only the I had the, three meals for that price. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, you know, I don't do it on the principle of it. It's like, I'm well, if I'm, Again, I did that one time when I was hungover. Literally one time I did it. Where it's like, if I can't get my fat ass up to go and drive to get some fast food, I, it's like, I've, yeah. I've lost the plot. You know, I'm like, I'm ugly American at that point. And I don't want to be ugly American. I don't <laughs> like eating fast food anyway, generally. It makes me well, feel no. like shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes me feel like shit. Well, I, not only health-wise, but like human wise i'm like no I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a human being i can cook my own food i know what chicken breast is i know what steaks are and you know i've been cooking for myself for you know the last 25 years so i know mm-hmm. exactly what to do to make a healthy meal on the cheap and not to hire you know some fast That's food thing. place to come and get it to me you know i cook all the time i'm like i can make better food than this anyway oh yeah like, recommend. i can't remember the guy's name now i think i could pull it up uh where his whole thing is making food uh, here it is. It's uh, Joshua Weissman, W-E-I-S-S-M-A-N. That sounds his very familiar. Is, his whole thing is like, but better. So he takes like uh, uh, like a Big Mac. And he's like, here's how to make a Big Mac, but better. And he makes it from scratch. Oh, this is the is, one. Is Donald's that the guy? Is that the guy that's got glasses and kind of long hair and like yes. the French French apron? I think I've seen him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I So I actually, I haven't watched any of his videos yet. I've been too busy. He's got like but, millions of followers. I and you know, funny story. I did start my own cooking channel on YouTube at one point. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I considered at one point. I was like, I just don't have the setup in my kitchen to make this work properly. Well, Plus, I, I'm too uh, distracted by cooking to work with a camera. Yeah, well, I did. It's like you know, I've got two kids, and my wife works in, not nights, but she's like home at you know seven o'clock. You know, mm-hmm. so I was like, well, I cook. You know, I cook every day, and I'm like, well, you know, since I'm cooking every day, let's see what I can do about just filming it. You know. Yeah, and I started started the channel. I'm like, yeah, I cook every day. Why not just film it and do this? But you know, it's a lot more work than just filming it. And you know, you got to edit it and get the thumbnail and do all that kind of shit. You know, and I think I did like 16 videos, and I just did it with iMovie, yeah. and uh, you know, you know, at GIMP and like you know, free stuff. And you know, it was fun to do. I, I learned a lot from it. But man, is it a slog to 
you know, <laughs> turn something that you could cook in an hour to, into like a three hour ordeal, just, you know, getting different yeah. angles and trying to be unique about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I stopped that. I did it from like 2019, like in 2019, I think I did 16 videos, something like that. I got one of them that got like 15,000 views. Nice. Um, but the, but the rest of them were like, you know, 183 views or something like that. So, but yeah, it, like I said, I tried doing it. I was like, I need to, I want to make unique stuff. So I was going to do like a video where I make squid or it was, oh, octopus. It was octopus and, uh, <laughs> it turned out well, like the food wise, but the video, I was like, I'm too focused on making sure I prepare the food properly and I'm doing it like safely. Like, I don't want to be flinging around like a hot pan, showing it off, like bumping somebody with I'm like. <laughs> you focused on the actual preparation of the food and like i had no experience with like food preparation videos like how to make them at the time yeah so i'm just like i it was it turned out horribly i'm sure if i went back and actually tried to do it now i'd be better off particularly because my setup is a lot better now with my cameras and audio and everything like that um so it probably turned out a bit better but yeah i just at this point i'm like eh. I just like making the food and eating it right away. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, even though I cook every day, it's like I don't want to be filming every damn thing that I cook. Yeah. And my whole thing, my whole thing going into it was, I'm like, all right, well, because I, I cooked a bunch of basic things. You know, I did you know how to cook bacon, how to cook a whole chicken, how to you know cut up a chuck roast into like beef yeah. stew, how to you know you know do do basic things. I'm like, my thinking was, there's someone turning 18 every day, there's someone getting their first apartment every day. Mm-hmm. Why not? You know kind of capitalize on that you know get these evergreen kind of videos going yeah and we can yeah. doing something like that too like how to like it was gonna be like guides and like what how to adult essentially right and yeah. it's <laughs> like how to save money on like steak because like some a lot of the money people waste on food is having all the work done for you like you can instead of going out and buying steaks which are so expensive right now uh-huh. for the, like we go to like wegmans it's like 25 30 dollars for a ribeye steak and it's like I can buy a rib a ribeye roast for like a hundred dollars and get right. like thirteen steaks. steaks out of there. <laughs> yeah, I just go to my local butcher instead. It's like, oh, here I'll go. I'll buy the ribeye roast from you. Chop up the steaks myself. They're even better because it's hand cut by me. Right. Do the same thing with like bacon. Every summer I buy pork belly and I smoke all the bacon myself, and it lasts forever. Oh <laughs> it no! Lasts as long as I want until I. Uh, decide to make some more <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome it tastes better it's it's so much better than just heavily processed food and it's so much cheaper in the long run yeah it, it is cheaper but there's that upfront thing you know it's like your average 18 year old doesn't have 300 dollars to go to costco you right you know, yeah. <laughs> you know buy a rib roast mm-hmm. and chop up these steaks and then get a vacuum sealer it and goes then- <laughs> back to the uh idea of like not wasting money on on stupid things right it does yeah like if you can invest like $300 into like food for yourself for months, I, I, I'm ignoring the uh, like food process, like all that for right now. I'm just referring to like chicken, for example. Right. You could buy like $100 worth of like boneless, skinless chicken breast and just take it, put it in Ziploc bags even and put it in the freezer. And that'll last you however long, like so many different meals. Or you could take that same amount of money and pay off like a third of your phone. Right. <laughs> <if you're looking. laughs> a third of your phone. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah there's a lot of trade-offs you know i haven't I, you know it's funny i bet it's been a lot of years since i've been like having to make those trade-offs you know mm-hmm. and i you know it, it you know it's funny looking back with those yeah with those things it's, it's like even with clothes now 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, you, you, you can buy uh 25, 35 pair, of, you know, dollar pair of jeans and it'll last you for a year, but it's like, yeah, you spend 120 bucks, 150 bucks on a pair of jeans. It's probably going to last you like 10, 15 years, you know? Or you could put that money into Dedgest Productions merch. <laughs> or, yeah. or you could buy, uh, yeah, some other jeans with some sparkly uh, Dedgest yeah. Production uh, pockets on the back. Yeah. It's mainly just shirts we have. It, it's it's not really the whole package here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe soon. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird watching yep, how people like, manage their money. Even with like cars. People like, I. it took me ages till I bought a new vehicle. I had a 2000 i don't even remember 2005 toyota corolla until 2016 maybe and uh it just wasn't working for me because i lived on top of a mountain and it snowed every year at the time i was like i literally can't get home safely in this all right you need some four-wheel drive action it was at like almost 180,000 miles probably something like that if i remember correctly i was like all right you know it the cars lasted a long time it was a hand-me-down I bought for my aunt and uncle. And uh, I was like, all right, this is my first car. I was like, cool. Um, so I, I traded it in and got a Subaru Outback. I bought a used Subaru Outback. It was a 2011, I think. Nice. And uh, I drove that until this year, actually. Was it this year or last year? I can't even remember. Everything runs together at this point. Uh, I traded yeah. it in. I was over 200,000 miles. I... It had 30,000 miles on it when I bought it in like 2017, 2016-ish. And in uh, yeah, in like five years, I put 180,000 miles on it. Drove the shit out of that thing. Drove it across the country and back. Drove it from Pennsylvania down to Florida and back. And, you know, all over the all over the place. And uh, yeah, it I beat the shit out of that car. <laughs> Just taking it like not... I'm going to say off-road, but not in the sense of, like, I'm driving over boulders and stuff. Like, I'm just taking it on, like, grassy paths back through the woods and stuff. Right. You're not covered in mud. You're just, you know, splattering running boards. There's there's state parks uh, not terribly far from here. There's, like, uh, Ricketts Glen State Park is, like, a bunch of waterfalls and stuff. And uh, you can drive. What's the uh, uh, World's End State Park? Um, and you can drive around on like these back roads that are just mud essentially. And, uh, just driving through the middle of the woods to like cut through the middle of the, the, the state like area, state park area. Nice. And, uh, I would do that. And it's not like it's like serious off-roading, but it's not on an actual road. Um, yeah, that's what those cars are made for. That's what those cars are made for. You know, it's like all wheel drive. Yeah. You're not climbing boulders, but you're you're getting off the beaten path and beat it up and you did a ton of work. And I was like, all right. Uh, I'm going to trade this in for my, I got a Hyundai Kona, but even then I was like, it was, a, it's a 2020. I'm like, I'm just going to buy used. I got it right at the point when used cars were about to explode in value. And I, so I got like a great deal for the Subaru when I traded it in and I got a good deal on the, the Kona cause they were, they were just getting ready to sell it. I'm like, All right, I'll take it. And, yeah. uh, I test drove it with like two inches of coffee in the cup holder cause the manager of the ship had been driving it around. He spilled his coffee on the way into work and they're like, oh, that's the one the manager's been driving. Hold on. We go, he's like, it's a little messy and I get in literally like an inch and a half of, of coffee sitting in the cup holder. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> we drove it and I was like, actually, it felt like I was doing my driver's test all over again where you're like, don't spill the coffee. You gotta be careful. I'm like, 
I'm yeah. really driving extra safe so I don't spill the coffee that's sitting in the cup holder. Good like, lord. They didn't, they didn't think to get a sponge and clean that shit out before you took your test like, drive. <laughs> all of his stuff out, including the leaky coffee cup or whatever he did. It's like, you didn't think to just put like a sponge or like a handful of paper towels in there to soak it up or anything. Right. Uh, so I tested her was like, yeah, I think I'll take it, whatever. And uh, they, they're like, all right, we're going to cl- go for lunch or whatever and come back. We'll clean it up. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I got back and they, they, to their credit, they had cleaned it up very nicely, which they should. There's fucking yeah, an inch of coffee. Their job. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I got that and I was like, I'm buying it. I'm not wasting my money on a new vehicle. Uh, and then I see like people I work with now, like the one guy who's, uh, he's the owner's son but he's like a manager that I work directly with. And uh, he just bought like a brand new pickup truck, like $70,000. I'm like, I know you don't make enough money to afford this reasonably. I look at that for so many people. Cause I like, I live in the kind of a hillbilly area, right? Mm-hmm. It's the like big oversized trucks with the tow mirrors all the way extended. Exactly. And I know they don't work construction. It's like they're probably on a road crew or something. They're not farmers. They got camo shorts and fucking, you know, uh, you know, ridiculous looking Oakleys. And I hate to be that guy because I, I like trucks, you know, yeah. but it's like there's just these hillbillies that are buying these 60, 70, $80,000 trucks. I'm like, what the fuck do you do for a living? There's his, no way. His dad has a Chevy High Country, which I don't know if that, I think it's like a Silverado or something. I don't think I've ever heard of a high country. I think it's like a sil- I'm, I'm Googling it's it. It's like here. a Silverado edition. Silverado. Ah, let's see if I can find this here. The starting price is like $70,000. Uh, and he got like the all like worked out, all the all tricked down, and everything, all the mirrors and everything. And then I'm talking to him. Like, this is like right after I started, they took me out for lunch. They're like, oh, we just want to welcome you to the team. We'll go out to lunch. I was like, okay. And he, he drives and he has his, his truck. And uh, I get in. I'm like, this is really nice. Um, but, you know, not my not my thing. And, I've not uh, seen a price for that thing under $60,000. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm, I've lost myself on their website. I have no idea what I'm looking at at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but he had all tricked out and everything. And then, like, I'm talking to him, like, a couple of weeks later. Um, a couple months later, maybe it's starting to get like warm out because we're moving into spring, mid spring, early summer. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, he's like, oh, we had to put our AC units in. I'm like, you don't have like, just put like central. He's like, yeah, it's right. expensive. We can't afford that. I'm like, you're spending <laughs> almost a hundred thousand dollars on a truck, but you're over like getting central air in your house. Like, Oh my so. God. I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm not saying this to him. I just started. I didn't yeah. feel like starting any drama at the job that early. Uh, right, yeah, you can't start talking shit. <laughs> so I'm just like, in the back of my mind, like, what kind of money management skills? Do you, like, you're the owner of this company. Should I be worried? Like, this is your money management skills? Like, yeah. you're buying this big, expensive truck, but you're not affording to put central air in your home? You like, got I understand window expensive. units? <laughs> this shit like, I understand it's expensive, but like, priorities here. Like, this truck is only going to depreciate in value. You put central air in your home, it's going to increase the value of your home. Yeah, I know. Fucking even get a mini split. It's like eight grand. <laughs> what the What's fuck? That? What the hell was that? <laughs> what the, I don't know if you heard that. I heard like an alarm going off on my phone heard, or something. I just heard something small. Yeah. I have no idea what that was. I don't have an alarm set on my phone. I don't know what that. Yeah. That was bizarre. Yeah, mine's <laughs> silent. Weird. My phone is on silent. That's why I'm confused. I have no idea. Hmm. All right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. But yeah, yeah these like, fucking 
these fucking idiots that buy these trucks. Yeah, I, I look at I, I look at them. I look at what they spend on these trucks, and I'm and, and I look at the area that we live. Mm-hmm. And you know the whole the whole adage when you buy a house is supposed to you buy the shittiest place in the nicest neighborhood. You know. Yeah. Uh, I did the opposite. I bought the one of the nicest places in the shittiest neighborhoods, but it's like a lake private neighborhood. So like, eh, there's a lot of hillbillies, a lot of four wheelers going around. And, mm. um, I sh- yeah, like I said, I should have done the opposite, but yeah, I, I, I look at what a lot of these people do. I've been to the bars around here. I kind of talked to a lot of the people and I'm just, yeah. And the, the trucks that these guys have, I'm like, you cannot sustain that. It's like, how can how, I, I, I don't yeah. understand how can someone could sustain like an truck. Hold up in front of trailer homes. Yeah. How can yeah. you sustain that with what you do with like, it's got to be like a $700 a month payment. Like, and I know you didn't pay for unless your mom died and like she had a life insurance policy, then what the fuck are you doing to sustain that? I, I, I don't get it. Like I'm a middle class person either is the problem. Oh yeah. Yeah. But they but they got shitty credit scores. They got like a 14% that's what, interest. That's what interest rate. Like, like I said, I was like, oh, it's, I was like, oh, it seems like, it's a pretty nice truck. I'm sure that was pretty expensive. He's like, I got the monthly payment down to like three fifty or something. I'm like, I'm like, Dear. oh, so you're paying it for like six years or something? Yeah, seven He's years. Like, I got the payment. He's like, whatever. I'm like, you're spending like an extra. Ah, I'm just making like you're spending like an extra ten grand in interest on this car or something. Yeah, whatever it amounts to. Yeah, a lot of people just don't understand money, don't understand interest, don't understand exactly what's coming out of their pocket in the long term. And uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's like I hate. I, I don't want to say I pity them. I'm just like. Just you know, do your due diligence. It's like we're it's two twenty twenty three. There's so many resources online to be able to check um, what your payment should be, what you what you know, mm-hmm. put your income in to be able to what you can afford, and you know, kind of go accordingly. Don't just act on impulse and buy this thing that makes you look like a badass. You know, they do that at the dealership for you. They try and work it so they ask you what the monthly payment should be. That's right. their whole thing. And it's like, yeah, no, I want to know what the, the out the door cost is. Like, exactly. <laughs> and then once I know the out the door cost, then we can talk about the monthly payment. I'll figure that out on my own. Yeah. But man. they, yeah, they kept reworking that when I got the Kona, the Subaru, for whatever reason, I didn't have a problem with the guy was just like, I think he was just trying to sell it <laughs> or something. He just needed like an end of the month sale. But yeah. the Kona is like, he's like, yeah. kept coming back. He's like, what? So like monthly payment, what are we talking about? Like, how much is the car? He's like, it's he's like right now we could get it between four and five fifty a month or I'm like no 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 I'm like how much is the out the door cost here? And yeah, that's that's the big thing, you know. It's like mm-hmm. that's what's my monthly payment is based on. It's like my, you yeah. know, you know, that my interest rate is based on yeah you know, the what my out what, what the out the door price is is what I really care about, and they're gonna do everything in their power to kind of you know shift your attention to everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really annoy me with, with that and. uh I had them install remote start for me and, uh, they, uh, they installed me like, all right, yeah. So, uh, I'll, uh, we'll get you out, out the door here today. Got the remote start. We'll put that in. And, uh, I came back and, uh, to get the car after I, dr- I left it off for, to get the remote start installed. And I come back and pick it up. It's like, you already paid for that. Right. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I was like, they were, they had pissed me up one with like the coffee and all that. Like you barely cleaned the car up to let me test drive. I'm like, that's pretty pathetic. And then just the way they're like, they just would not listen to me when I'm like, I'm not, I'm not interested in the, the monthly payment. Like he would not tell me the out the door cost. They were like even more annoying than like help, when I went with my girlfriend with her car, like they were way more annoying with, with, with mine than when I was with her. I was like, these people are such a pain in the ass. I'm like, 
I just, I don't care. If you lose out on money, I don't fucking care. You're already, no matter what cost I'm paying, it's more than I should be. So I don't <laughs> care if you're losing out on a few hundred dollars here. Yeah, I know. That's what makes me want to save up, you know, like 30 grand. And I just want to buy from a private buy, private seller and just yeah. get be done with it, not have to have a monthly payment, you know. It's not in the cards for me, really, but, yeah. man, that's what I'd love to do. Just be like, no, I'm just give me the car facts. Let me take it to a mechanic, sort it out. All right, there's my five-year-old car the with pain. 70 euros. I'm like acting with people, though, too. Uh, so, so it's like I'm walking, be. Into it. I'm walking into it knowing like it's going to be annoying, but I'm also secretly enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Like I got genuinely annoyed, though. My girlfriend had taken her car in to the like a dealership garage and uh, where she had bought it from. And uh, while it's there, it was making like a weird noise. And uh, to summarize that side of it, it amounted to like there was a rock stuck like in the brake pad somehow or something like it was rubbing against something causing the noise and so like they're like it's a non-issue we won't even charge you for it they did like an oil change work while we were there but it was like an, the actual thing she took it in for was like a non-issue and while she's there she took it from work and i was going to meet up with her and i got there like 20 minutes after she got there i was coming home from work at the time and uh, i i show up it's her sitting there and her and her mom and this uh dealer uh salesman was there and he's like, I walk in and he's already pulled up like two vehicles for. Her. Of course. Uh, she, ha- there were Ford uh, escapes. I think she has, the- I think she has an escape. And he pulled up like the two, like the new, like 2023 model at the time or whatever. Uh, <laughs> two of them. And she's like, I'm not interested in that. She's like, I want a Honda CRV if I'm going to get a new one. I know you have them on the lot because I looked on your website and he's like, all right, but yeah, I'm going to pull up the escape. Uh, so I don't know if you got like some special thing for selling their specific cars as opposed to the crv i'm guessing it's just because they were more expensive as opposed to the ucrv or they got an overflow of ford escapes Something. yeah and so she was annoyed that he didn't pull up the ones she was actually interested in but then he kept the entire time he kept telling her it's like oh you know like you know it might fix it temporarily but you never know you're gonna get your car back on the road and that tire's just gonna fall off you're gonna get in an accident <laughs> what? Like, like scaring her into trying to like get her to buy a new car and I walk up like as he's telling her this and uh, he's like, and I'm like, I was going, whatever. As I walk up and uh, he's like, yeah, you know, you know, just pulling up the new cars for her to look at and this and that. And she's like, yeah, you think my car's safe? Like he said, like, anything could happen. I'm like, no, nah, no, your car's fine. It's going to be fine. I'm, I'm sure of it. And he's like, he's like, you never know anything could happen. You know, you can't be too careful. I'm like, it's going to be fine. I'm like, I'm just shutting his shit down right away. I'm like, I'm not dealing with this guy. Like, I fucking gonna- hate that shit. It's like, you know. I don't usually call it misogyny when it's not really misogyny, but that is it misogyny when it comes down to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's telling her that the fucking wheel's going to come off unless, yeah, <laughs> what the fuck is that? You're going to get an accident if you don't buy a new car. Like, sort of, I'm like, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. He's like, let's really drive it. I'm like, she said she wasn't interested. She wants a CRV. He's like, oh, well, you know, these are, you know, you're going to like this better. If you get behind the wheel of the CRV, you know, you're going to not like it right away drive these you're gonna like these more i'm like no it's fine and then to the credit of the mechanic he came in he's like oh no the car's gonna be fine don't don't worry about it you have nothing to worry about fucking sleaze scumbag salesman man like the main thing i think my framing of it is like the mechanic is getting paid hourly to fix cars he doesn't give a fuck if they sell any vehicles right he's just there to fix cars so he's like i'm gonna be honest he's like your car's fine like that's his mindset Meanwhile, the salesperson's like, oh, my opportunity to make some money. Yeah, I could get four grand off the sale if this yeah. dumb bitch would just fucking buy I was it. Just, <laughs> I was not having it with that salesman. I'm like, if 
when we go to get her a new car, which we'll probably do in the next couple years, probably hers is getting pretty old. Um, I'll go with her and like, we're not going to go to that dealership, but I'll go with her. And I don't think it'll be that much of a problem. Uh, but yeah, just the way he came up and was just like, oh, I'm going to take advantage of her because she has no idea. Like, I mean, I don't know that much about cars, but I'll bullshit my way through the argument. Make them think. Right. Yeah. Well, th- yeah, I'm the same way. It's like I can fix some cars. I know a decent amount of uh, I know enough about that cars. I seem like I know something. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I know terminology yeah. and be like, no, no, this still got 8000 miles on it. Go fuck yourself, asshole. You yeah. know. But th- again, like we go back to that YouTube thing. It's like there's plenty of resources. Like I follow this guy, uh, um, Marco on Whiteboard Finance. You ever heard of that guy? No. He had this. He had this super uh, uh, viral uh, video about car dealership, and he kind of breaks down. He's like, "I used to work at a car dealership. This is what they're going to tell you. You know, they're going to break out this four square diagram and say, this is your monthly payment. This is your down payment. This is your trade-in, and this is what your overall cost is. Mm-hmm. Do not worry about any of these other three square, squ- uh, squares. Are go, you know, break down your overall cost. That's what you want to get down. Don't even tell them that you got a trade-in. Just Bring them down to that overall cost. Once you guys are settled on a price there, next bring in your trade in and then start haggling down from all that other bullshit you want. You know, he's got like a 10 minute video on it, but it's very informative. And I I would recommend everybody watch that video. It, it, it's it, it kind of pulls the curtain back on car dealerships. I have his, his channel pulled up here. Yeah, I'm sure it's super useful. I did the same thing with my car. They they wanted to figure out the, the value of my trade in before I we even negotiated the, the new car I was buying. I was like, Let's deal with that later. I just want to figure out like how much this car is going to cost. It's like knowing full well they were just going to up the price of the new the new vehicle based on yeah, how much it, we get from the trade-in. Yeah, and then just talk shit about your trade-in. Like, oh, this got to be fixed. That's going to be yeah. fixed. It's like, no, just give me the KBB value. It's like, I, I went to it. My, my Subaru was a piece of shit when I traded it in. Like I said, it was over 200,000 miles. The transmission was completely shot. It needed new <laughs> brakes. The tires were getting close to being needed to be replaced. I was like, it needs a lot of work. More than the value of the car. Uh, but I, I negotiated on the new vehicle. I'm like, all right, cool. This is the yeah, well, cost. Perfect. Yeah, that's and when you trade like, that shit in. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, all right, now now we have the outdoor cost. Let's go with the look at the Subaru. He's like, all right, and they offered me, I forget how much. It was more than I expected to get from it, to be honest. Three, four grand, something like that. It was like forty eight hundred dollars. Yeah, okay. And I was I was surprised by that because it needed tons of work. Yeah, and I was like. That's fine. Just take it. It's that way. It's not a hassle for me because I'd been I'd put a lot of money into it recently as well. I forget what I. There was something I had replaced. I needed like the serpentine belt. I think I'd re- just replaced not long before that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, I've put enough headaches into this, enough money. Yeah. Into it. I think I like, we've all been we've all been been in that situation. You're like this fucking car. It's yeah. It's got yeah. me a long a, a long way. I'm I'm sad to miss it, dude. I had like um. A 98 Tahoe I had for six years, from 2013 to 2019, man. And it was rusted. It wasn't completely rusted out. just had a bunch of, like, two giant rust spots on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the seats were, like, lazy boys, you know. And yeah. it was all leather. It, had, it was, like, you know, fully loaded from 1998. <laughs> um, but I was driving that thing around for six years. And, man, when I finally sold that, I sold it for, like, like there were so many problems with it. And even though it had that many problems, a, a single tear shed from my che- from my eye down my cheek when I let it go. <laughs> I was like, "Bye, honey." <laughs> we get yeah. it. I got. I get attached to cars. You know, it's like you drive them for so long, even if there are pieces of crap. I I don't have that sentiment with my vehicles. <laughs> so I, was like, uh, I I appreciated the super. I was like, I'm glad it lasted this long. Uh, like, but I'm like, it's a vehicle. Like I, I think purposefully I don't do that because I'm like, I'm just 
looking at the value of it and seeing like how it can best manage my income. Cause like growing up was like, it was just my mom raising me for the most part. And I was like, she was really on a budget all the time, having to just scrape by to get by. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to be in that situation when I grow up and I've made it. So it's not the case. Yeah. I had that for a long time and, uh, no, I still loved my pieces of shits. <laughs> yeah. Like I, it's weird. Like people gave me, no, I don't want to say people gave me a hard time, but they looked at me funny. Like people I used to work with when I worked like a, an hourly job, I used to work at a, a university and that's where I worked like 80 hour weeks for months and months and months on end. And they're like, ah, man, you gotta get a life. I'm like, I'm going to in a, like a year. I'm working hard so I can make all this extra money. You guys are out here going out to the bar, spending money, getting your DoorDash and shit. I'm like, I'm just making the money and not spending it. It's great. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be getting a two-year-old car in three years, and you're going to be driving a yeah. seven-year-old car in two years. Yeah, you're going to still be driving that shitty car that's breaking down on you. I'm going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fun it's, with cars. I don't want to say everyone should have to work 80 hour weeks just to like have a decent life. I think there's, there's should be a middle ground probably, but it's like, there are definitely people that I've worked with over the years and still work with to be fair, who are just like, I just don't understand why things aren't working out for me. I'm literally doing nothing to provide for myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like well, the yeah, they're delusional. Yeah. They do the bare minimum and wonder yeah. why things aren't working for them, working yeah. out for them. Yeah. I'm never going like, to get a promotion here or a raise. It's like, well, what are you doing to deserve it? Let's be realistic right. here. You show up right. Like, I'm not saying people have to show up early to work, but like you're showing up. If you're, if you start work at eight, you're showing up at eight. So it's like eight 15 by the time you're actually sitting at your desk working. Cause you're off getting coffee or whatever. It's like, you're talking to other people for half an hour. It's like, then you're constantly backed up on your work and scrambling around at the end of the day. And then you'll leave right at five. Cause you got stuff to do apparently outside. Work. It's like, so your work is constantly backed up because you're too busy socializing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I, I don't understand the mindset of I'm entitled to extra because I do the bare minimum. You know, exactly. it, it, yeah. you know, I used to, I used to run a wood shop and I'd, I'd run into these people nice. all the time. But, you know, they, they were all, you know, kind of low wage people and they, they kind of ran the gamut of demographics. You know, I had white guys, I had Mexican ladies, I had, you know, you know, they're, they're all low income people. But yeah. the people that actually stayed and enjoyed their job, because I was I, I wasn't a tyrant, but I kind of demanded a lot of my people. I was just like, you know, we're here to do something. We're, you're getting paid to do this. You're not getting. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you talk, but talk and work. You know, like we're, we yeah. we got a job to do. Let's kind of do this thing. You know, and it was all. Especially you know, if you're working in a field that has deadlines. Right. And, like, well, I, and, I don't know what your your business was like, but like even where I work now, it's like we're working with clients where it's like we have five weeks to get this done we don't have time to sit around and not do the work and just slack out. Like if this doesn't get done, we're out of thousands upon thousands of dollars. Like, right. I can't have you fucking around. Like if this doesn't get done, it directly affects me. And then that's going to directly affect all of you. Cause I'm not paying this out of pocket. I'm not paying for you to not do anything. Right. And then they would just get attitude about, well, they should pay me more. And it's like, well, you signed up for this. It's like you signed a contract, you signed an application, you did whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not living up to the deal. We had a deal. You're not living up to it. We're living up to it. You know what what happened going into it. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, and the one thing I noticed is like you can have really good interviewers and have or and have shit employees. And you can have bad interviewers and have great employees. You know, you never know when someone sits down in front of you and can talk a good game or talk a shit game, how they're going to perform in the field, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know there's a, a, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it, it, it's just a crapshoot. I mean, you never know, you know, who's, who the real person is in front of you. It's like, I mean, I mean even I, I, you know, I've gone to job interviews and put, you know, my best foot forward. And I kind of look at myself as, you know, I'm a good interviewer and a good worker, but they just, I don't know, some of them maybe is a, a little bit off about me. You never know when someone's going to pick you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you, you, putting that best foot forward is not always your, you know, guarantee for the job. And, you know, maybe yeah. people get jaded. And, and yeah, I think that's my overall point. People get jaded after a while when they just interview mm-hmm. these people and they don't work out. They interview these people, they just don't work out. And it's like, fine. And they just kind of accept anybody, you know, and that's how I was at a certain point in, in my last job yeah. running this workshop. I was just like, all right, fine. Fuck it. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how you do. And then, you know, you get, you kind of get a mutiny on your hands after that. It's like, <laughs> well, why are they just getting anybody in here? And it's like, whoa, whoa, this is what we're doing. This was in like, you know, 2020 when, you know, people are getting fired, people were getting laid off, you know, right during mm-hmm. the pandemic. And there, I, I did have a mutiny. I mean, I'm like, well, I can't find anybody. What do you, what, what, what do you fucking do? You know? Yeah. It's, know. it's weird. That's just a mini rant that I had. <laughs> there are people too, who like their mindset is I don't have to do a good job. I just have to convince the boss I'm doing a good job. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? And it's like, yeah, there's people like that. It's like, as a, a different employee, you look at that, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing in this scenario now. It's like, this. I'm not going to do the extra work, but I also can't shit talk to the boss about them, about how they're not doing it. Cause they've obviously, con- you know, convinced the boss that they're doing a good job. So those right. are situations. Yeah. Well, it's also reflective of the boss. Cause how does the boss know that the guy's not doing a shit job? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it's about everyone pulling their own weight and being responsible. Luckily, like, like I said, most people I work with now are, they're all pulling their own weight. They have to be. Cause it's very, yeah, same. it's not the case. <laughs> Yeah, if somebody's same. not doing the work, it's like it's it's abundantly clear that you are definitely not doing your work here because there's just a hole where all this stuff should be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you get I'm I'm at a kind of a I think there's ten people where I work right now and it's mm-hmm. all there's a lot more accountability when you don't have this, you know, amalgamation yeah. of people not doing their jobs, you know, and everyone's it, pretty much like, accountable. It's like if I didn't do my job, you would be able to tell because there wouldn't be any social media posts. There'd be no content. There'd be no outreach. <laughs> it's very clear. Very apparent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All yeah. right on. So what's next for uh, the Dead Jester Productions? We're uh, I let me see. This episode comes out. This will be what one two three four, July fifth. We're a little ahead, which is nice. We're getting some extra episodes in the can now. We're close to running out of them. So I'm happy to to be recording in advance. So maybe by the time this episode's out, the new website will be launched. Um, I'm I, I was happy when I launched the one we currently have up. Uh, the it's still dead destruction style live, but like the version we have up, if you were to look at it now, you'd see. Uh, I was happy with it when it launched. I you know applied some new sort of styles and formats to it, uh, but I was like, it's it's getting dated. I want new stuff. The direction our content has taken has changed radically. Uh, I'm not focused on YouTube or Twitch anymore, like the streaming. It's just I don't have time for it, and I just I just don't have the passion for it. Uh, the podcast is my central focus as far as content creation goes, and so we're focusing on that. And then our behind the scenes work, which is a pro- partner program, which is focused on helping other content creators grow and figure out how they want to manage their content. And so the new website is heavily focused on that. It's 
the podcast and then everything else is just the partner program and working with people to help them with their content. So that's what the new website is. That's what I've been focused on. Yeah, everything looks good. I mean, uh, it looks like you're building something uh, pretty special over there. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can work together in the future. I'd, I'd be happy to do so. Yeah. Like I said, if you go to our website now, it's, you know, about us. And then it's like the podcast. You have our network on there. And then like our merch is like the main page. Uh, it's a lot more focused on the content and our merch than anything. Like the partner, pro, like our network is up there. Uh, but even that is not a whole lot of uh you know, how we work with people. There's one page dedicated to the the network, which is being redesigned as the partner program. And uh, so we're still doing, like I said, almost everything I do is still free with people because I just generally mm-hmm. enjoy meeting with people and working with them. And then uh, I, I, I had settled. It was going to be $5 a month. And I'm thinking of tweaking that potentially, depending on how it goes, uh, at most $10 a month. But that's going to be focused on people who really want above and beyond, like focused and attention on their content. Uh, where it's going to be, I'm like I said, the free thing is still going to be me providing information to people, like personalized. Where it's like, hey, this I went through your content. These are some things we can touch up. Uh, try implementing this. Get back to me, and we'll see how it works. Uh, whereas the paid version of it is going to be more of like, let's sit down. We'll have video calls. We'll really go in depth, and I'll work directly with you in real time to figure this out. So that's kind of what I've been working on, trying to improve that and really work with people to to help them out because I genuinely enjoy doing that. Well, right on, man. Well, uh, it sounds like you're doing really good over there. And, you know, again, I really appreciate you having me on today. I appreciate you coming on, man. I really, really enjoyed chatting with you. It did not go the direction I thought it was going to as far as like the 80s and 90s movies talk and stuff like that, but really enjoyed chatting anyway. It was, it was fun to get in the weeds, which is what we typically do here. <laughs> yeah let me know if you want to come again again we can let me come yeah. on again uh I'd, I'd love to talk about 80s and 90s movies too yeah I, I, this is I, kind I, of a bitch fest <laughs> yeah <laughs> fucking people and their problems they don't know how to act as adults yeah, yeah. i'd love to have you back on with my uh part-time co-host Klaus is here he's a big 80s guy he has some uh hot talking points he wanted me to bring up regarding like rambo and forrest gump and stuff like that oh shit and, uh, we, didn't, we didn't get to get to it so next time we'll use that as like a teaser i guess yeah, let me know, brother. Sounds good. Where can people go to check out all your stuff? Uh, check us out at Retro MM Show. A uh, certain place might be Retro MMG Show. But yeah, check us out. Retro MM Show at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Awesome. And I'll put the links in the description, of course. Uh, you guys can go check out Live. Hopefully, the new website's up by the time I this episode goes live. I tried not to promise anything on the last couple episodes, but... I'm trying to box myself into a time frame now so I actually get it done. And uh, go check out Liquid IV. Link in the description for there. Use code DJP15 for 20% off. It's it's generally good. I have declined plenty of other offers because I only like to promote stuff I actually use myself and enjoy. And go to Zencaster. Check out the you know their paid plans. Use code DJP15 there as well. Get, uh, I think it's 30% off. So... Check both of those out. Again, links are for everything are in the description. Thank you so much for coming on, John. Really appreciated it. Had a great time. Thank you, Josh. Thank you so much, man. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you all next time. See ya. See ya.